Hey, everybody. Oh, the guest is not here yet. I don't know why I teased you like that. Hello, hello. Hey, we haven't seen each other since Thursday. That's a long time. I hope I still know what I'm doing. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen, on a Monday night, kicking off a new week, a full week. It is August 7th, 2023. A little bit Bob Moses for you in the opening. I think he won a, I think he won a Grammy for this remix. Um, but I, uh, I'm happy to have you here. And you know why? Because I am going to continue on with a little nice light energy that I was just basking in all day on Friday. And I just wanted to bring it here and not have it end so abruptly as sometimes it needs to do. I remember how much of a struggle it was for me to keep up, uh, to, to keep that that wonderful, bright, flowing energy that I was feeling on my wedding day. I remember driving driving to the uh, the golf course, the uh, this wonderful place, this club that we, uh, we got married at. And... It was a beautiful day, fresh morning, the air running through my long flowing mane of hair, all just coming in from the uh, from 684. So we're going up 684. And uh, and I remember saying to myself, oh, I've got to bottle this, this feeling and I've got to take it with me everywhere. Isn't that the trick? Well, I have a rare opportunity tonight to drag out what was so in my face and around me and everywhere on Friday at the Meadowlands with um, with my brother and a couple of good buddies, guys that uh, we went to our first shows together in 1999 and went to several concerts and it was great to do it all again for two bands that we just, you know, love. So um, I've got a great guest here tonight at Zoso Dude. He is road tripping across America again for the second year in a row, at least that I've known him. And he's in studio. And this is a guy who has seen so many shows. And he's been working, he's worked in the business for decades. And I think that as we have him in the studio, my experiences from over the weekend that just drummed up so many memories and all that crap. And then we have a thread that we have been building on QuiteFrankly.tv's forum for a couple of months now. When did I post this? I posted this on March 9th. And I said, you know what? This is going to be a great thread for some time in the summer. And look, look, the show wrote itself. Greatest and worst. Greatest, worst concert experiences and your biggest concert regrets. I have five pages of responses from you guys and gals in the audience. We'll have the the lines will be open. We'll just be talking about music and summertime and, and um, concerts you've been to. And that'll that'll be it. That'll be it. But you know what? I still have some announcements to do and some grab bagging. So we have that. That's it. Special summertime show for you tonight. Double whammy. Got a special guest in the studio. Anthony might even slip in. He was at the uh, the show over the weekend as well. Actually, he was at the second night last night, too. He went to go see Metallica the second night. I didn't go the second night because... I really, really wanted to see... If Pantera was on for both nights, I'd be there. But I didn't want to see Five Finger Death Punch. I didn't really care. Um, so it was just a one night affair for me. And that's what we have tomorrow night on the show for the Tuesday. The shorter Tuesday show is going to be really nice because I have so many letters from the audience that I want to, I want to sift through. 
letters that have to do with response to all types of topics that we've covered in the last two weeks alone. So it'll be letters from the audience, open lines, and whatever else we can fit in within that hour and 20 minutes or so that we usually have on a band practice evening. On August 9th, we have Mike Williams, Sage of Quay, is coming on. We're going to be talking about the Beatles conspiracy, but it might that might branch off into so many other things because he, he does a lot of conspiracy talk, and I love conspiracy talk. On August 10th, on August 10th, King Randall is back on. That's right. King Randall is back on the show, and we're going to be talking a lot about his continued work. On August 11th, Matt will be in for the Friday night along with Tony Black, and I'm sure my mom will be there too. So we'll have Tony and my mother in for the first half, the first half of the show. Then Matt and I will tidy up in the second half. <clears throat> so um, that's what we have for this week coming up. There's so much. There's so much, and it all begins tonight. So um, I had a couple other announcements too. One of them is that I actually went and I created a new phone number. But it's not a new phone number to replace the 914-200-0269 number. It's to complement it. Because obviously we will figure out what's going on with all of the, the call-in lines on on Gilded. But I wanted to be able to create a opportunity for myself to create special t- specialty hotlines that I was doing on Gilded, but with phone numbers too. So now we're going to have the general call-in number, which is the 200-0269. And then what is the hotline number? Hold on a second. The special, oh, there you go. It's 914-369. I always go for the 69s. 914-369. So 69, get it. <laughs> which I actually think has a better ring than the 200 number. But anyway, that's going to be like on a night where we have like special ghost stories or if I just want specific calls for a specific line just so I can assist myself with sifting through all the calls that are coming in and prioritizing them, that's what we're going to be able to do soon. So... Be on the lookout for that use, that use, that, that, that thing as it's out there. All right. All right. Into the grab bag we go. Here we go. First one up is from the Daily Mail. Here it is. Have scientists discovered a new species of human? Human? Ancient skull belonging to a child with no chin who lived 300,000 years ago Suggest our family tree needs another branch. I'm, I would love to see what Robert Seppert has to say about this. No chin, though, huh? Must be one of Chuck Todd's early ancestors. I hate that guy. I hate you, Chuck. If you're watching, everybody knows there's no chin under there. I don't care what kind of a beard you grow. Fossilized skull, jaw, and leg bones were found in Hoglongdong, Huladong, China. In 2019, interestingly, researchers say the unknown species did not possess a true chin. Definitely Chuck Todd's lineage. No doubt about it. Okay, first one, so file that one away. We'll see where it goes. Here's another one for you. Mitch McConnell mercilessly heckled during speech with chance of retire. 
Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell was interrupted repeatedly by jeers during a breakfast speech in his home state of Kentucky Saturday for what appeared to be the entirety of his appearance, while the Associated Press describes how McConnell, quote, arrived to prolong standing ovations and, quote, received a rousing welcome from the party faithful. He was also met with boos as he told the crowd that he and his wife Elaine were, quote, really excited to be back at the 143rd annual St. Jerome Fancy Farm picnic. Where almost 20 Democrat and Republican speakers appeared, the picnic traditionally marks the beginning of the fall campaign season. Oh, that sounds so horrible. Uh, we're going to be at the St. Jerome Fancy Farm picnic to kick off the campaign season. Ugh. Oh, my God. Whatever the hell you did over the weekend, can you imagine that being, like, I have to go to the, fan, the, the St. Jerome Fancy Farm picnic. Come on, honey. Yes, I'll put on your best. Ugh. God. God. Just be grateful for who you are. Be grateful. Anyway, that turkey gobbler, he was there, and people are screaming retire. Let's see if this is, hold on, let me see. I just told, uh, I just told David Beck his introduction is longer than my speech. Elaine and I are really excited to be back at Fancy Farm. <laughs> On behalf of the strongest Republican team. We've All right, shut the f- Shut your fucking mouths. <laughs> I wish he would just say it. That would be funny. I'd actually tip my cap to him if he just like just stuttered and he just he just gave up. All right, shut your fucking mouths. Never run in our state. Anyway, welcome to the 28th Fancy Farm, ladies and gentlemen. It's always a raucous event. Kind of ironic since it's Kentucky that puts them in with wide margins every six years. So um, they could make they can they could have forced him into retirement fairly easily. They could have forced him into retirement, but they did not. Maybe next time. But but does, he does look like he's coming up on retirement soon. Anyway, Nancy Pelosi, the other geriatric freak. I guess the most well-known geriatric freak there says the U.S. will come to an end if if Trump is reelected after he called her the wicked witch. This is the this is good. Now this is good stuff. You know we used to have to turn on what was it? I think was it MTV that carried uh, Jersey Shore back in the day. We used, to, we used to have to go watch Jersey Shore and MTV on a weeknight at 9 o'clock to get a train wreck. Now, now, it's just, now it's just this. Nancy Pelosi said if Trump became president, it would be like the world being on fire. Oh, yeah? Well, guess what? We, only, uh, we already had an experience, Trump as president, and most people became a little bit, a little bit more well-off financially. And uh, obviously, you guys were nuts. But um, we know we know you're willing to set fire to anything, so point taken. It cannot happen, or we will not be the United States of America, she added. I, I hate these words. They mean nothing, but I hate the way that they're used. I really do. After the ex-speaker said Trump looked like a scared puppy at his arraignment, the former president said, yeah, of course, she can... You know, it must be so fun for the olds, these old codgers sit around and know that they've they've sicked the most powerful law enforcement and judicial system the whole the whole apparatus at their at their enemies they know that they know that they are untouchable in that respect unless america actually does come to an end and then 
And then it's the laws of the jungle again. Maybe that's really what it's all about. This version of America needs to stick around because it's the only way that Nancy Pelosi is allowed to walk around and um, and uh, lube herself up every morning with her gourmet ice cream and get her hair done while everybody else is locked home like prisoners. Yes, this version of America, if it does end, people like this uh, will not breathe free air. That's I. That would be wonderful. But it's all in response to this. Listen, this is a, something that Donald Trump put out on Truth. I think it's pretty funny. He said, I purposely didn't comment on Nancy Pelosi's very weird story concerning her husband, but now I can see she is some. Uh, she said something about me with glee that was really quite vicious. Quote, I saw a scared puppy, she said, as she watched me on television like millions of others that didn't see that. I wasn't scared. Nevertheless, how mean a thing to say. She is a wicked witch whose husband's journey from hell starts and finishes with her. <laughs> uh, she is a sick, demented psycho who will someday live in hell. It's quite profound. Quite profound. And I like it. Now, what else do we have over here? Oh, this is interesting, too. New York City, this is from The Guardian, plans to house migrants on an island in the East River. Mayor Eric Adams plans to house as many as 2,000 adults seeking asylum in uh, Tent City, where the center opened and then closed last year. New York City's Mayor Eric Adams announced a plan on Monday to house as many as 2,000 migrants on an island in the East River, where a migrant center was set up last year and then taken down weeks later. The state will reimburse the city for cost of operating a tent city for tent city for adult migrants on Randall's Island. As the number of asylum seekers in our care continues to grow by hundreds every day, stretching our system to its breaking point and beyond, it is because, you, you know, it's just like, it, we can build a tent city in Randall's Island or we can get them back on fucking buses. It's just, it, it, so it's so for them to be like, oh, oh, it's fun to see Eric Adams, fun to see him finally breaking down, breaking down. No, if he was breaking down, he would be doing the right thing and sending him out in buses. But he's begrudgingly building a uh, a station for them on Randall's Island. You know, I was thinking about this the other day because I get emails about this a lot. I get um, I get a lot of, and then of course it's just a, a story that we talk about a lot um, with with the. In, with the invasion that's going on and what's really behind it. And it's, uh, I mean, I know, first of all, we were going to this concert on Friday. They're being housed not on Randall's Island. So many of them are just living right there on the Cross Bronx, uh, Cross Bronx Expressway. They're just living on the Cross Bronx Expressway. We were in about 35 minutes of traffic. On the Cross Bronx as we're making our way toward the the George Washington Bridge to go to to Jersey. And over the course of maybe five or six miles, at least 20 people who are walking on the broken lines on the highway. They're walking along those lines, whether we're in standstill, creeping along, or even at cruising speed, trying to sell lemons, apples, sandwiches to people. They're just... They're just in the middle of the highway trying to sell people fruit in the middle of a 
uh, of their their commutes. So, I mean, th there's there's so many places where this can go. This thread, this thread of thought, and I just uh, I don't know where else what, what else to say. They're all over the place, and it's not it doesn't help anybody. That's for certain. That's for certain. And you know, I had cop friends. A couple of a uh, couple of police, uh, well, and one one buddy of mine who relayed some thoughts to a, a an officer that we used to know that left here and actually went to go become a an ICE uh, or a Border Patrol officer. Um, how bad the crime is, the vagrancy, the DUI, even child sex crimes for illegal aliens, where ICE is notified and they are literally telling local law enforcement that they'll get around to it when we can. These are people who are being detained over and over and over again. Recurring DUIs, property damage, injury. If you think it's going to be contained to New York, you got another thing coming. Because even the people in New York who thought it was going to be contained to the city are, are already starting to see that their morning mimosas on the weekends are starting to become a little bit more, I don't know, uh, unsightly as people are picking through trash and trying to find recyclables outside of uh, Starbucks. So, you know... I don't know. He, uh, and then a, a friend of ours, I just learned about this over the weekend, who left town to become a Border Patrol agent, said what's happening down there is 10 times. Whatever the hell the news is forced to admit is happening is more than 10 times as worse. But again, what is this is that's just it. And people will say, well, it's the Reconquista. I said, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's not not like this. The people who are coming over here aren't conquering anything. They're doing something on behalf of somebody else who has a lot of money. You know, and that's the story of the world, by the way, conquering, being conquered. You know, uh, you have a, usually a technologically superior group of people who move into an area and acquire things, reacquire things. And, th and that's how the story goes. It's like every strip of land on the, on the earth has been settled, conquered, reconquered. That is the story. The story goes without fail, though, that a superior combatant wins with superior technology, especially. All right. Hernan Cortez conquered the Americas with guns and horses. All right. And we've been conquered by an unchecked invasion of largely unskilled vagrants. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Doesn't that seem a little peculiar from a historical standpoint? The Cortezes of our time. Don't lead armies from the front. Our Cortezes don't even want you to know that they exist. They just they just dictate policy and school curriculum, and they control the media, and they open up the back door, and they tell you to look the other way. That's what they do. So um, I got to see that firsthand a little bit closer than usual these days. All right. With that being said, I want to remind you all one more time, and I'll say it over and over again. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to help the show grow, if you want to help us go viral, Make highlights of your favorite moments and send them to us, either in Gilded, or you could send the links or the raw files over to, quite frankly, podcast at gmail.com. Funny clips, your favorite rants. Let's just throw some spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks. Because any clip that comes from any show could bring in thousands of more people who never knew we existed. And you guys and gals can help us because we don't have a very large production team and it would be wonderful to crowdsource that and, 
and uh, bring everybody in for the ride. So thank you one and all. We will be right back with our guest Zoso Dude and talking about the weekend and everything else and taking your calls. Going to be a lot of fun. Don't go anywhere. I heard Yoda talking about midichlorians. I've been wondering, what are midichlorians? It's heroin. stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's rock! Welcome to the show, everybody. Give this episode a big thumbs up, especially if you're watching on Rumble and YouTube. And please send in Super Chats tonight with questions, with with uh, thoughts, with your concert picks, the, the best ones, the worst ones, the ones that you wish you saw, you had a chance to see it, but you didn't go. You can send those to, quite frankly, superchat.com or the Rumble Rants or the Gold Pills on Foxhole, which is nestled right there on quitefrankly.tv. The home of, quite frankly, TV, the network. Spaceballs, the flamethrower. All right, joining us tonight, he's off the road. Zoso, dude, how you doing? I am doing great, Frank. It is a pleasure to be back. Thanks a lot for having me. It's great to have you. Okay, first of all, what the hell is I just going to tell you? Um, uh, your your pictures have not shown up. Really? Yes. Oh, um, over two. Yeah, but don't worry about it now. We'll do it during intermission or something. I will ladies figure and, it out. Ladies and gentlemen, he showed me some. You got to see these pictures of Zoe and uh, and all of the people he has come across in his time. Now, we'll we'll get to the actual names, but you're coming across these big time golden age rock stars and whatever. Is that in an official capacity or in a fan capacity? Uh, it was as a fan capacity, but it, you know, uh, kind of a kind of a golden child. And that Frank, I, I worked for a fledgling television news show at the time. We didn't know if the show was going to last five minutes or five years. And it, the ridiculous thing is, it's still on the air today. But back then, I would go in first thing in the morning and just look at the look at the board of who who are we going to go interview today, and mm. I would see something like. Oh, we're going to the gold. We're going to the Pretenders Gold Record Party for learning to crawl. I call up the director. Hey, man, do you do you mind if I tag along on that one? And, oh, uh, I just got to. I got to go to anything I want from the Grammys to the. I mean, and I, including the after party. I mean, just how dude, many Grammys did you go to? 
at, at least four of them. But yeah, after after a while, it's, I mean, my 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 thoughts on that whole thing has has changed. I've gone to the Academy Awards. I've gone to the all all of the AMAs, all that crap, the Golden whatever. You know, to, my my take on it has changed drastically. But uh, even back then, I just. I just didn't believe in all the smoke and mirrors, man. I uh, young interns would come to me and say, uh, "Hey, are you gonna go to the? Are you gonna go to the uh, the Grammys?" And I, no. Well, why not? Because I've been, you know. <laughs> and they're like, "What?" I said, "Tell you what. Here's my tickets. You want to go? Go have a good time." And they're, oh, really? I mean, they they couldn't believe it. So. Well, let me ask you this, because I uh, it, it, did you see? Because um, I know that it, this was back in the 80s. When, when were you mainly uh, in this kind? You had this kind of hookup. You were war- doing this kind of work during the 80s. Yeah, from uh, basically 82 through 89. I, uh, which was pretty much my 20s. I lived the life of 10 men. So, yeah. so what was that? You were at a record label or what? Uh, no. So uh, I worked for a television show, which is actually still on the air today. It's called Entertainment Tonight. Now, oh. now listen, the show that I worked for. Those were the days that I worked in it. Not not the garbage. I mean, I haven't, Frank, I haven't even watched the show in 30 years. But back in the day when I, it was a fledgling show. We just brought it on the air. So uh, it was vastly, vastly different than the than the sensationalist, sexist garbage that it is today. I, I couldn't watch it if you paid me. But uh, so I, I mean, I got I got a job on this show, and the next thing I know, I'm, I'm working with this woman who is a uh, she is one of the talent, and she couldn't find her way from Sunset Boulevard to Santa Monica Boulevard. She goes, I need somebody with me 24/7, and after working with her for six months, somebody on the show turned to me and said, Who are you? I I see you here every day, and I said. Ah, my name is AJ, you know, I'm, and next thing you know, they're like, you know, we just lost somebody, and would you want to work for the show? Because we're hiring, and I'm like, well, you mean with my name on the credits? And dude, from there, uh, it, it created a monster. So my first job was like paying the talent, uh, paying the director's residuals. So this is how I got to know all the directors firsthand. So like I said, anytime I look up and I see, oh, we're... We're interviewing the firm today, Jimmy Page and Paul Rogers. Can I tag along? And dude, I, I got to go anywhere I wanted to go. It was, it so, was unbelievable. So here's the, here's how it worked. Our show is basically a publicity machine. All right, we call up the record company and say, hey, it looks like Robert Plant is doing a uh, commercial for Coca-Cola, uh, or he's using Coke for Tall Cool One. Uh, you know, can we come backstage and shoot some behind-the-scenes footage? So I would get to go along. I would get to meet Robert Plant. So we're scratching the record companies back by by promoting their artists. Well, then two months later, I call up my buddy. I could throw some names out, but I better not. Uh, over at Capitol, hey man, couldn't help but notice White Snakes in town. You got any? Uh, you got any tickets for your buddy who who put? Uh, you know. Uh, Guns and Roses on TV, dude. Tickets and passes. How many you want? I mean, if that was that was my freaking life. Yeah, man. So, so when you're talking about concerts, you know, are, are we talking about thousands? 
Only yeah, talk. Oh, easily. Easily. At least, Frank, at least 1,500 concerts between 1980 and 1990. I, oh, went, I, I, wow. went, I went to concerts like some people go out to dinner. I mean, two, three nights a week. That's just incredible. <laughs> hey, especially, especially in the time that you were going. Because oh, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, you you think about just the the society built around it, the the the, the nightlife, the uh, the noose that was so loose around our necks. Oh, okay. uh, man, it was uh, that must have been incredible. So uh, the neat thing was is when I first started going to shows, Frank, uh, it's it's almost bizarre. Everybody sat neatly and comfortably in their chairs in the in the front rows there wasn't any of this standing on your seat throwing the chairs away rushing the stage and all that it was people were reserved they were <laughs> for a white snake concert um no i mean depending on the show but i mean i remember that you could go to concerts before people had pat you down to get in and then dur- seriously during between 1980 and 1990, it got to the point where, I mean, I felt like I was going in a police line, full pat down before you go into a Judas Priest show because they're worried that you're bringing in a bottle of something, you know? Okay, a bottle, but not a bomb, though. Oh, no. <laughs> no as long as you go in there and drink their bottle, they're fine with it. And, and you know what's funny is that at the same time, it all depended on the artist because I could go to a Billy Joel concert and nobody pat you down at all. It, it's all... Well, because Billy Joel's the one that they had to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's the, he would be the one that would leave the venue and crash into somebody's house. <laughs> how many? I don't know how many houses he crashed into in Long Island, but he just, <laughs> poor guy. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, those are uh, what? Geez, they were some great, great times. I've got so many memories, and uh, I, I, it's the last thing I do. To him. I'm getting you these damn photos. Oh, well, listen, well, I, I have to, because the, the photos are so beautiful, and I know we're going to tap into more of those memories, and we have so many from the audience here. Uh, I, let me just ask you about your trip real quick. Um, how has it been so far? Obviously, you are you come from many hundreds of miles away, so now you're up in the Northeast. What was the most beautiful sight on the trip so far, and biggest takeaways? Uh, I mean, the biggest takeaway... Are the beautiful people that I have met along the way between between YouTube, DLive, Twitch, Foxhole, uh, all the different platforms that I broadcast on? I've met, I think, thirty or thirty-two different thirty or thirty-two people who, you know, previously were not just a name, but you know, so I might email them, I might text them, but now I know them personally, and a great many of your people, man, and you've got great people, Frank. They uh, are. One of the coolest, coolest parts of my trip was going through New Mexico. I, it was, it was insanely hot through Phoenix. Through, through, I mean, I hit 117 degrees for five hours going into Phoenix, and I said to myself, "I, I can't do this anymore." I was, I felt like I was gonna, I felt like I was gonna explode. So I decided to ride at night, and in doing so, I also decided to hit the higher elevations I went through parts of New Mexico I didn't know existed some of the most beautiful mountain valleys where you you're following this gorge I mean I take the road the road less traveled you know that I, want, I want to see this country and brother I have I have seen it from from desert to mountaintop from valley to plains uh, I, I've seen cotton fields in Texas 
as far as you can see 360 degree cotton you know i'm just amazing amazing sights man that is beautiful dude i'm not kidding you this is i've got a number of things i want to talk to you about too okay i am telling you frank one of the greatest things that you could do for not only yourself but for your show you want to see this thing explode next summer you rent yourself a mini winnie and you and lauren and the baby you get in that thing you post 12 dates across the u.s where you will be frank i'll bet you get 500 people at your freaking <laughs> i'm not kidding talk of tell them in the chat would you guys show up if quite frankly did a uh, u.s tour 12 12 dates where we do the, the show in a remote location and yes just, oh, yes that, if, that, if that you said fun. i'm going to be in san antonio on this it. day i'm going to be in chicago on this day frank they will come that would that would be that sounds so fun it sounds well. Listen, I have to, I have to see the things that you just said. Those are those I have to see that, and I ha- and Aurora needs to see that. Oh my God! So I, yeah, I, I guess, uh, I guess that's something that that needs to be talked you about. Should, you should consider it. I really think uh, pick up Abe along the way. Oh my God! You guys can have the time. Yeah, of your we lives. St- stop uh, in the Midwest and just start picking people up. <laughs> That'd be great. No, you you say that it's. It, you, you really tempt me with that idea. It's going to it's going to germinate now, though. I, I, I hope I hope that I get to say I'm the guy who planted that seed. So is, is New Mexico for this trip? Is New Mexico the thing that is sticking in your mind the most right now? I mean, it was the most beautiful. Uh, I mean, I've, I, Frank, I've seen so many. Uh, Connecticut has some of the most gorgeous scenery. This is the first time I've ever been to Maine. I spent some time with my cousin. Hadn't seen her in my God, 23 years. Nice little Italian girl. She cooked my grandmother's sauce, and we had a pasta feast. If you're if you're watching, I freaking love you, Alan. Thank you, uh, dude. Maine is just drop dead gorgeous. You know the biggest takeaways for me: are the, all of America is beautiful, and getting out and seeing it. I mean, I've been through upstate New York, up from like Buffalo over to Albany, going through little towns like Exeter. You know, by the Cooperstown by the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah. New York is one of the most beautiful. It is. Most people don't. You they know. don't know. I'll tell you what. Yesterday, coming in, I took the, uh, uh, from from Connecticut, I took a, a barge or whatever the hell it is, a ferry with, with my motorcycle over, and I got, I landed on the far side of Long Island, and coming across all of Long Island, I bet the most people, when they think of New York, and they think of Staten Island, Long Island, they're thinking... Brick buildings, you know, trash cans all over. The- Long Island, with it's got wineries, it's uh, got uh, so farms. You, okay, it, it's. I just went out there again. It's it been a long time since I've been out in Long Island, and my guitarist, my my friend Tom, he got married back in November. It was like the last warm day of the year. I said, Tom, you lucked out. So Anthony and I went down. Lauren and the baby, they weren't going to be able to come, so they stayed home. It was just me and Anthony. Two and a half hour drive by car. When you're a Mike, when you're in a, a motorcycle, you can you can get in at it. Oh. At a th- I mean, you have a great advantage, yes. but you forget. And people who don't know never know how yeah. gorgeous. I mean, the farmland on Long Island, freaking the beautiful vineyards but everywhere. Within, it is within 15 minutes. I saw people in bikinis on the beach. Then I'm driving through a winery, them a gorgeous one. And I, I come from Oregon. With, where there's wineries everywhere. And the next thing you know, I see farm stands and, and guys driving tractors. And I'm thinking, 
this is Long Island. Yep. yep. Freaking beautiful. I know. And, and, and that's really the big thing there. Um, Long Island, then all of a sudden you get more inland, and then you have the five boroughs. This okay. armpit, the armpit of the entire state. And, and anybody who's not from here thinks New York. They think of New York City. They think of Eric Adams and the kind of chicanery that's going on over there. When it is, and, and that's why when somebody says, Frank, my, my state is gorgeous, I believe them. It really is. I, I know. I'm talking about anybody. Frank, you got to come. you got to see my, my part of Rhode Island. Frank, you got to see West Virginia. You've got to see Cal. you you got to see my part of California. I believe it. This is geographic. I mean, from a geological standpoint. Standpoint, yeah, I mean, I, you've seen so much more than I have. I'm jealous. That's why I have to see it. So I, it's gorgeous. I wanted to correct you on something. This is my fourth year in a row of doing this. Well, second year that I. Oh wait, no, no, right. no, no. It's the second time I visited you, but it's the fourth no, year. No, third. Is it really? Well, you were at the hospital. Oh, that's right. The day. <laughs> so let me tell you something. I I have been at Greenwich Hospital many times in my life. Good, bad, and ugly. But you, my friend. And that motorcycle of yours has become an indelible memory for both me and Lauren. Uh, Aurora was mere hours old. We had just been put into our new room that wasn't a, a delivery room. And uh, and Lauren's like, go, go out and say hi to him. Go out and say hi. Like, go ahead. You can go. And Man, I couldn't believe she had the presence of mind to do that. I thought I, she would have said, tell him to piss off. If it was anybody else, perhaps. But I was just like... You know, you know, and, 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 hey, and in the security, I I had to ask the secure, I had to ask the police officer to let me out. It was the height of COVID. That's the height of right. it, right? Oh my god! Yeah. So, and by the way, where is that um, that that live stream? That was a live stream, no? So, well, uh, no, it's actually recorded, and I believe, I believe, I still have it on one of my older phones, but uh, it was uploaded to my YouTube channel, which doesn't exist anymore. Ah. Uh. So. Oh, uh, man. So I forgot that. Uh, well, I think I think I can still get it. You know, I think I know some people who have it. But boy, that reminds me of something else I need to chat with you about. But that's okay. Um, I want to see that one again. That I'll bring back uh, bring oh, yeah. back memories. And me, I'm a fresh father. Um, oh yeah, you've only been a father for like three hours. I know. Oh, oh and I, and it was already full duty. Everybody's like, oh, you know what? The best thing about going to the uh, hospital and having a baby frank is that after the baby is delivered you and your wife have at least 36 to 48 hours where they just take total care of you so yeah the nurses kept bringing the baby back all night yeah. all night oh she's hungry like well then feed her what are you talking about and uh you know so and uh, I, I was changing diapers all night i was like you i thought they were going to at least change some diapers for us so the parenthood started immediately for lauren and i <laughs> I, I i do have to say this frank i mean i've been watching your show fairly regularly since late 2018 meeting you that night i mean it was it was great to freaking meet you here's this guy i've been watching but dude you were so high on life in that in that little captured moment you were like this i mean nothing could have brought you down right then you well, were you know what else you brought that night you brought the uh you brought the autumn season because that God, night Leaving when Lauren and I we showed up at uh, on September thirteenth, uh, when she was in labor, and then she the Aurora is born on the fourteenth. I think you, I think you might you've been there. You were well, I don't know either the night of the fourteenth or the night of the fifteenth. It was a cool, crisp night the, from there. It on was out. the first fall night, and I I went outside. I went, whoa! I needed a jacket. This is amazing. <laughs> I need a jacket right now. I'm freezing. I'm, I loved it. 
and um, and that was that. Yeah, I remember. I, uh, so that night, I spent a, I spent the night at someone you know and love, John from Connecticut. Oh yes. I, I spent the night at his house that night, and uh, riding my riding back to, I mean, I froze my ass off. <laughs> I, I won't forget that night either. Uh, it was great. Oh, well, hey, you know, uh, that must have been fun being around John from Connecticut. He always calls in with great energy. Even okay. when he's upset, he's always screaming and, and ranting and raving. Actually, I just stayed at his house, I think, three nights ago again. He and his wife are... Dude, his wife is like this... Uh, she worked on black projects like the... SR-71, and his, his wife is like this genius. Really? I'm not, not getting you pictures of her and George Bush. I mean... John from Connecticut? Yes. Damn, he married up. <laughs> he married, John, you married up. That's it. That good. Good for you, my man. Oh, boy. I know they're watching. Oh, anyway. Well, hey, well maybe we'll get a call from them later on. But yeah, so, so since we're talking about reminiscing, I want to get into the, the main... We have so much to do tonight. Oh, yeah. So Friday, I'm going, we will all go to Metallica Pantera. Zoso, it was like a blast from the past. We, the guys I went with, we all went to our first, our first concert together. It just happened to be Metallica. We had been to so many since then. And it's been a while since I've been to anything this big. And, and to see Pantera, I mean, I know it's just Phil and Rex. Uh, but I've seen them twice as a full band. The last time I saw them was June of 2001. Um, so you saw them with Dimebag. Oh, yeah, twice. Okay. Uh, how about you? A couple times? Uh, once. Once. Once, yeah. Where? Do you remember? That was some LA, LA somewhere, and I know that they were the opener for somebody bigger, so um, I'd have to think about it. It was late, late 80s, 89, Oh, 90s. shit. So that's before... That's before Cowboys They, were, they were like brand new. They were just on the scene. That's like I, I think it was, I think it was literally. I I had moved to Oregon. I went back to visit my friends in LA. I think it was '91, and they and my buddy said, "Hey, we got tickets. You want to go?" And I'm like, "Sure." What is it like? I am the night game. I think yes. Jeez, <laughs> I've only I, I that's that's before Cowboys from Hell. Uh, that's before they really found their identity. Okay. Which I mean, you know, but. Damn. Okay, so you saw some flesh. Well, uh, dude, I mean, probably of. So you're. I mean, you're talking Metallica. So, the same guys that you went with on Friday are the same guys that you went and saw them with years ago. I mean, your same group of buddies you've gone yeah. together. So the first time I saw Metallica was uh, March of '85 at the Hollywood Palladium during Kill 'Em All. That was the tour, and uh, oh my goodness, they dude, they. The, the mosh pit, the freak, uh, the people ate it up. It was that I knew this was something radical, and this is pre-Master of Puppets, man. This was when Master of Puppets rolled along. I'm like, these guys are going to be enormous. I saw them again, and and you, well, you and I talked about this. I called in one night uh, during the Monsters of Rock tour '88. I flew to Dallas, Texas, to the Cotton Bowl to see them. We were covering it. My show was covering it. And I got to go, and I got all excess passes for, dude, it was crazy, crazy cool. Jeez. And and the, all the bands that day, oh, my God. I, I, when I flew back, when I flew back to Hollywood, I sat next to Paul Stanley on the plane. Paul Stanley, huh? <laughs> yeah. 
he just went as a fan. He, they weren't playing there, but uh, were you t- were you talking to him? Or you, you oh did, yeah, you oh, chatted his ear. We bullshitted the whole way. Yeah, he's a, he's really really neat dude. Well, I, he, here's a couple of pictures for you. This is what I got, and then we're gonna get into. I wanted to, I want to just jump into people's stories, and because I'm sure that's gonna that's going to spawn all of your own memories, and you can work on the yeah. Well, here's the first one, Zell. That's me and my brother Anthony. Anthony's out there right now, and that is Brian uh, Storm of Rockfeed. Yeah, oh. uh, we're going, all good friends with Brian, and he got to go hang out with us that whole night. This is this is the crew. That's uh, me. That's Mike. That's Frank in the middle. That's KJ. That's uh, and then Anthony. Those are the guys. We we went in '99 or in eighth grade, and now we're all just oh chilling, God. had a good day. They, they were honoring Dime and Vinny wonderfully. That's right when Pantera was coming on. Um, well, they, they, listen to the. I don't know if you, it really is going to register here, but the the. This is for Pantera. I so just can't, I can't believe the spin, the TVs and everything. I know. Holy shit! The, listen to the. Hold on, let me get you on screen with me. Where the hell are you? Uh, there you go. Um, I don't know if this translates, but the volume in that place, and this wasn't even at capacity yet. It was packed for Metallica, but there's still at least at least fifty some odd thousand people in there but listen to this for walk hold on okay. it's so good dude it was so I can't tell that whole time yeah oh man yeah, that's why I said I wouldn't be able to go a second night I wouldn't have a voice for Monday so, but I, so well, make man, I got a million things to still tell you about my trip, but uh, uh, I I ran into a woman in Pennsylvania, and sh- she told me that she was going to Jersey to go to this concert, and I'm like, what concert? She goes, oh, it's this Friday, and I'm all excited. I go, let me guess, Pantera and Megadeth? Yeah, ever Pantera and, and Metallica. How did you know? And I said, I know somebody who's going. Dude, this looks like it was insane. Oh my gosh! Well, hold on. There's well, this is right before. I love see, Metallica doesn't come on when the the sun is out. But listen, here's a little bit. Uh, Just waiting. So they're fogging the place up. So here's the last of Ecstasy of Gold. And you you asked you, you asked what they what they opened to here. Yeah. It's like 9.15. Lars's kit comes out. He had four kits there that night, but wait. What? Started with creeping death. Oh my god, that's great. You know, I, last night they started with Whiplash, so oh, they came out. They came out with some killer walls. Played some old stuff. Some yeah. really old stuff. Yeah, we wow. went old. I, I got a lot of cool stuff there. But that's just you want to talk about things that brought you back. I'll tell you, concert regrets. Do I have any? Uh, I think the biggest one, the biggest one I have is we were able, we had a chance to go see Typo Negative on Halloween in New York City. And we said, now, nah, well, next time. And then Peter Steele dies. 
and that was just that just took the air out of everything. Halloween, New York City, typo negative. That would have just been the the, the uh, finisher right there. But hey, you know what? I haven't seen Metallica since 2004, so there's been a lot of times we passed up on them, and I'll never do it again. Uh, I would, yeah, that's you always think there's going to be a tomorrow, and uh, I, I a good friend of mine invited me to see Tom Petty, and I was like. Well, I love Tom Petty, but uh, I mean, I had something else going on, and it wasn't anything dramatic. It was just because of the fact, as I explained to you, I went to concerts so often. I just always figured, man, there's going to be a. I'll just, I'll just catch him next time, and uh, and next man, I ended up moving to Oregon, and you know this and that, and you know, then he started touring less, and I would have, I would have loved to have seen Petty in this heyday and I had the opportunity and I blew it off and that's uh I'm damn that's one of probably many regrets but I, well for a guy who saw nearly 2,000 <laughs> shows in a, in a 10 year span I mean I think that you can just say okay well you know you, yeah. you, you miss a few <laughs> jeez here's one Bob Bob is the old man says I'm from the older crowd I saw a lot of shows from 1970s through the 80s, and it's hard to remember them all, but a few sh uh, do stick out. Let's start with the worst concert experience. I have to say Led Zeppelin Outdoors at Tampa Stadium, I believe 1982. They came on stage smoking with the song, uh, with the, uh, the song Remains the Same. Uh, five minutes into the song, a thunderstorm hit with loads of rain and lightning. Not good for an outdoor venue. The crowd up front got rowdy, started a riot when Robert Plant announced they wouldn't return to finish the show. Then the real riot started. 65,000 pissed off fans. Not good. Have to say the best concert experience was Aerosmith, Jeff Beck, and Rod Stewart uh, in, I believe, 1980. Fantastic show, but saw so many. I cannot remember them all. Rolling Stones, Police, Eagles, ZZ Top, Outlaws, Pink Floyd, Yes, Moody Blues, Steve Miller, Van Halen, Blue Oyster Cult, Ted Nugent, Mahogany Rush, Santana, Jethro Tull, Foghat, Black O. Damn. <laughs> it's good. Ten years after John Water, uh, Johnny uh, Winter, to name just a few shows I saw, they're all great considering I'm still alive to remember. I, that guy sounds like he's about my age because I... I probably saw 90% of every band you just mentioned and I think he's I think he's a little wrong on that date of 82 because Bonham died in 80 I think he's talking 77 I remember I remember reading about that Tampa Bay concert where they canceled it and it yeah there was a shit storm after that have you ever been to any shit storm shows oh dude I told you about the freaking okay so Metallica at Monsters of Rock right mm -hmm, yep. now all day long I have been Backstage, hanging out with with Kingdom Come and and Brian Wheat from freaking Tesla, and I'm drinking with all these. I'm just like I have pa passes that'll let me go anywhere. So finally, Metallica comes on, and I said to my buddy, "Dude, I'm going out front." He goes, "Are you out of your freaking mind?" I said, "No, man, I get passes. I can go. I can go in wherever. I'm going right down to the front row." So I did. I walked down to the very front row. And there are some tables, I mean, some, some chairs and stuff there. And uh, the crowd is fairly normal until creeping death starts. And then I looked behind, you, I could hear a noise behind me, every bit as deafening as the noise coming from the stage. I turn around, Frank, and people The are, cavalry. They are pouring out of the freaking stands down onto the grass and coming for the stage and the chairs the, the, excuse me the chairs that were they're flying in the air and I'm like 
oh my god it's a human stampede coming right at me so about 10 feet in front of me is a wooden wall and I I run and I jump and I grab my onto this wooden wall I'm hanging on by two fingers in between two guys and somebody tries to climb over the top of me which pulls me down uh-huh. and next thing I know I got people stomping on my head and just you know pe- you know all people care about is they don't they're not looking at their feet all I could think about was that that who concert where in, yeah. you know when it was somebody what got was trampled to death. I think 11 people got yeah trampled to death or whatever and uh, I'm like this isn't gonna be me and then I look and like through the legs I can see like a 15 a year old kid who is he's unconscious so I reach up with my elbow I, I stick my hand in the edge of some guy's pocket and I pull on it and he's like what the and I, he sees me so he helps me up and I said there's a kid down there we gotta get him so we we made room we picked this kid up we passed him over the top and and got him behind the barricade and then i looked at the bouncer right there and i said dude i'm coming over he goes no you're not i showed him my passes and he goes all right come so i jumped over the frank i'm not kidding you for 20 minutes i sat against the the inside of that little protective wall my heart beating just pant i thought i was I thought it was if, you, if you hadn't had the uh, all-access pass, who knows? Oh my lord! Jeez, yeah. that's like, like that was like the golden ticket that yeah, night. I remember I told Lars about that, and, and yeah, it was crazy. crazy. And you and you got to tell Lars about it afterwards <laughs> as well. Jeez, these this is just I, I love it. I want to I want to hear more more of the uh, more of it. I already have a uh, a tip on Rockfin. It's uh, from Jack Bamberger who says do it. He's talking about the quite frankly uh, remote tour. Do it, he says. Do it, do it, do it. Um, what else do we have? Um, uh, here's a little bit more. I'm at, Oh, okay. From Violet Flower. Violet says, great thread topic. First concert was Super Tramp. Front row, high school. Great. I live in Wisconsin, so I grew up with Summerfest. I, I, it used to be a great 10-day-long festival with many stages and an amphitheater. Best was Three Dogs Night, REO. Yeah, you see them? No, I never saw Three Dog. I would have killed to see Three Dog Night. Three Man. Dog Night, REO, Santana, Sting, uh, Marcia Ball, um, Cowboy Mouth. Too many to name. Uh, the worst was BB King. He just sat there and his family spoke. Uh, we left. Saw John Stewart in comedy stage early years. He was great then. You know, if we're going to include comedy, which I guess it's a concert. I guess it's a a venue that's being packed for entertainment. Sure. I had an opportunity to see George Carlin at SUNY Purchase, and I said, ah, next time. You don't even want to know who I saw comedy-wise. Oh, you've seen them all. Sam, Sam Kinison. Oh, of course. In a, in a room this size at the comedy store in L.A. I went with a stripper chick that I was dating, and she was friends with the guy. She heckled the crap out of him. And then Sam has, that, has them put the house lights on us, and then he sees me. And I'm in this like white leopard print, and he goes, "Oh, look at this guy! Oh, this guy saw this thing hanging in the store and said, that's me! I gotta!" He shredded me, okay? But Robin Williams, I saw Robin Williams outdoors at the Greek theater. I, I swear to God, Frank, my sides hurt the next day. I laughed so hard, and that guy was—he was brilliant. I've never heard anybody say anything other than that. Oh my God! And, uh, dude, I have a different experience with him when I was brand new at Entertainment Tonight. Brand new for, I think it was 80, 
two there were, oh in 1984 the Olympics came to LA and there were some kind of some kind of goings on and the UCLA marching band was part of it so we go down to do some interviews and my my boss says hey just wait right here in these in these stands and we'll come back and get you when we find some people so i i'm just it's like a movie theater right well there's a guy two seats in front of me and he's sitting really slumped down and he's got a baseball cap on real low and he is just making fun of every last person who gets up on that stage these are the rehearsals and the dude is so funny and the UCLA marching band they're all sitting around us too because they're on break and this dude is so funny that I mean even the tuba player dropped his tuba he, this guy is so f- finally I lean over to the guy I go dude you're a butt and I look and it's Robin Williams and I go Mr. Williams well, would you mind saying a few words to our our camera I'm here with entertainment tonight and he goes do you mind if I call my manager and I said, sure. So turns out he calls his manager. He's like, yeah, Paramount, it, it, go, go for it. So turns out, Frank, that uh, that was the best guy we interviewed that whole day, and I was the shining star that day. So, But he was just a, a neat, really a neat guy, just a regular Joe, man. You know, I, the, the only other thing that I, I – you have to imagine that a guy like that, there's just always something else going on, and obviously the way that he <sighs> – he ended his yeah. his life. There's there is something there, but I just saw a, I saw a interview. It was a podcast that I don't know I don't know where it was again, but it was Matthew Lawrence, the um, the the kid who played the the middle child, the son, in Mrs. Doubtfire, mm. and he was on somebody's podcast, and they were he was talking about not only uh, just the the kind of predation. That is so rampant in Hollywood and how children are preyed upon and all that. He was talking about it openly, about directors who were, were very, very creepy with children and, and touchy-feely and all that, uh, the pay-to-play stuff. But then he also talked about the uh, like the dual, the, the, the other, the off-stage routines of Robin Williams, that when they were doing Miss Doubtfire, that he would, when he wasn't... You know, actually on set, and he was always bubbly and always wonderful around them. That when he retreated to his his trailer, it was literally he walked. That Matthew uh, Lawrence walked in on him one time, and it was just literally just him in the trailer with his head in his hands, just like you, you think about the inner struggles that people have, especially when they have to be so bombastic and entertaining all the time. Like we're, you know, th- there's a lot that you give away. Sometimes you just. Because you're, you never know how many how many people are just tortured inside. I, I remember reading an article with somebody who said uh, if it was just you and Robin, he was just as quiet as you and me right now. But the minute a third person came in, he was on, you know, and it just he he just took off like a like a rocket ship. And uh, I, all I can say is, uh, God, we miss a talent like that because there's there's funny people out there, but but not not like that, man. Yeah. That well, was genius. Okay, I have a couple more. Let's just get to some more of these, and I'll okay, do it to all some other things here, too. Uh, let's see here. Johnny Nada says, I don't have very many bad concert experiences. Me, too. I, I have to say, I know that my, like my mother, my mother and my father, they have quite a few bad concert experiences. Singers that they've gone to see that were just not doing well that people walked out on maybe that they're at the end of their career i i forget which ones but i never really had I, i've been to a lot of bad local shows 
I've been to a lot of really bad local shows. Um, I've been a part of a few of them. Uh, but let's see here. The epic ones, U2 at Red Rocks, 1983, Metallica Ride the Lightning on their promo tour, oh, caught them in the dumpy little 3.2 uh, beer bar, 3.2 beer bar, called DJ's Nightclub back in the late 80s. Don't know how, but this guy always had stellar bookings. The most memorable, best, weirdest was in 2008, my wife Melissa and I went to an Etta James concert. At the end of the show, Melissa had realized uh, that she had forgotten her purse in the venue. The front security guys were being total dicks and wouldn't let us back in, so we decided to check out, check the back. As I was trying the side exits, the wife headed to the stage doors. By the time I caught up, she, Etta, and a security guard uh, were in conversation. She explained the situation. Etta calmly said, Honey, don't you worry about a thing. We'll go and get your purse. She grabbed my wife by the arm and escorted her back into the venue. We ended up hanging out on the bus, chatting with the band for about a half hour. Amazing woman. Afterwards, the wife and I ended up in some dive Econa Lodge close to the venue. About 3 a.m., we were woken up by a couple of guys screaming at each other in the room next door. I remember hearing one of them threaten to shove the other guy's head in the fucking toilet. I'm pretty sure that there were hammers involved. It turned out... I wonder if it's the Pelosi's. I turned into, it turned into a drunken soy fight in the balcony right in front of our room. We ended up bailing after the cops and the ambulance left. So yeah, it went from awesome to weird. I can see that's great. Lawrence O'Donnell. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Something like that's going on. Uh, yeah, God, you know, when you say bad concert experiences, I've seen groups that were great. And then I've seen them other times when they were terrible. Like, Kiss comes to mind. I remember Kiss playing, and you know, I want to say 87, 88, somewhere in there. And uh, they were just, they just weren't on, okay? They were just, there was nothing exciting about the show. It was just like they were grinding it out. And uh, we talked to Gene Simmons the next day. And uh, I remember telling my friend, God, man, Kiss really sucked. The next day when we meet him, my buddy fucking tells him that. He goes, you know, and Gene says, oh, you know, I, I just I just didn't think we were very good last night. And my buddy turns to him, he goes, yeah, my, my, my buddy here said you sucked. He said he saw you before and you were really, really good, but last night you sucked. <laughs> Gene says... He's right. <laughs> well, they, uh, hey, you know what? I couldn't freaking believe the son of a bitch. Well, there you have it. There you have it. He was honest for you. And you probably just, that's one of the, one of the you probably hold close to the chest otherwise. But, uh, but yeah. Well, you know, I, I, we were wondering about um, some parts during Metallica the other night. Like uh, Kirk, he couldn't play uh, Nothing Else Matters for some reason. He stopped. He stopped and he said, hey, it's the first night. Uh, but it's not good enough for me. It's not good enough for you. And he started all over again. This nothing else matters. Wow. Yeah, he, he had sausage fingers. Like I, he, he, nothing was. Yeah. You, you heard, uh, he, he, nothing was coming in clean. Yeah. I was like, oh shit. He, come well, on it's now. nice that he wants to give it his best. That's good. So is that? Is this like? Was that the first night of like a string of concerts? This, you... That was the first night of the, okay. their their okay. tour. All right. For this yeah. this latest album. That means he's an honest motherfucker. I like that. I mean, I would still love to sit in for Lars for a couple of oldies. I would love to. I, I, I because that's just he's cutting. Lars has been cutting corners all over the place for years now. Um, I would love to sit in for him for a little bit. That'd be, that'd be great. You, you know that uh, they almost kicked him out of the band. I think it was 
God, I want to say it was like 85 or 86. They were this close to throwing him out. Is this like something you knew on the inside yeah. or something? Yeah. Like, like, no, I've, I've read it in magazines. Uh, they, they uh, And what ended up, I think what happened is uh, after... Well, sadly, after Cliff Burton died, I think that that just kind of bonded them again. Mm. So, yeah, I want to say it was 86, 80s, right in there, right? Somewhere right between uh, Master of Puppets and, uh, yeah, that, right after that, they were, they were very close to. Yeah, well, that's, uh, it continued that way. I remember one time the Lars actually missed a show. I think it was in 2000, I forget when it was, 9, 10. Yeah, he had something happen. I think it was actually mental. I think he had like some sort of a really men, like a mental break for a night. And they called on a couple of people to fill in for him. Joey Jordanson, who's now mm. d- dead. He died uh, from Slipknot. He filled in for a little bit. They also got Dave Lombardo to call, come in and play. Slayer. Now, when Dave Lombardo, this is incredible. When you go and watch that on... on um, on YouTube, Dave Lombardo playing like battery. Oh, I'll bet he kicked the crap out of it. James and Kirk, there are some times there where they almost got off because they're not used to somebody being so on time. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys, they've been playing together, James, Kirk, Lars, they've been playing together for 40 years where they know how inconsistent Lars is in all things, where they are have just molded themselves to that kind of inconsistency that when this this human metronome exactly. comes on, to... he's just a machine. They're, they almost got left in the dust. It, it's really incredible to see that. Yeah, so uh, I have a Lombardo story, uh, and this is this boy. This one really this one really hurts. So Slayer, of course, I think three four albums into their into their career, man, they got no radio play. Uh, they weren't on MTV. These guys were they were outcasts, yet they had a following like you wouldn't freaking believe. And so um, E.T., my show, wanted me to do a story. <laughs> they wanted me to do a, show, a story on heavy metal. And I said, I got this. So I went through our... You know, I went through our archives and pulled all the oldies, the good guys, you know, the deep purples and get where I could get by. But I said, I need to shoot some new guys, too. And that's where we talked to, like, Dave Mustaine and, and a, bunch of, a bunch of, you know, so who's playing in town but Slayer? And their manager calls me and uh, he says, look, I, am, uh, I know your show. Uh, and I'm not against it. This this is actually a very good opportunity for us. But I want I want your word that you are not going to, you know, say that they are Satanists and all. I said, dude, I am a heavy metal lover. I play in a heavy metal band called Doctor Slaughter. Okay, mm-hmm. I am not going to do anything but do your band justice. I love these guys. So they played. Uh, two nights later at the Hollywood Palladium, the same place where I was telling you I saw Metallica, and the promoter oversold the tickets to the show. Uh-oh. So the fire marshal, after X amount of people are in, he closes the doors. You, if you were a Slayer fan and you had tickets and you wanted to go see him, man, people, were, they broke the glass windows. There was a riot. They have cops, helicopters, the whole nine yards. Meanwhile, we went inside talking to Dave Lombardo, got the, his first and only television interview ever. We got footage of the band. So I bring all this home. I think, man, I am 
El Conquistador. This is going to be one of the highlights of my... But uh, the next day I get to work. And I thought it was kind of funny. There's an NBC van out front, and it's a it's a rolling dub machine. They can make copies of tapes in there. I get upstairs, and I look at my desk, and my my Slayer tapes are gone. Oh. So I go to the producer. I go, "Where's where's where's my Slayer tapes? Oh, NBC's borrowing them. They're making copies because there was that big uh, you know riot in, in Hollywood last." I go, "No, they can't use they can't use that. That's I got in so much trouble. That guy." So they went ahead and they used it, and they NBC painted Slayer as you know. Oh my God, the you know the worst. The satanic panic was going uh, on. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. That, and, and using my footage to do it, and this guy calls me, this manager, and he was he was so. I go, buddy, that has nothing to do with me. I promise you. When when the piece airs, you will see. And and I did later send him a copy of it, and he was. He believed me, but uh, boy, that that took a little something out of our relationship. Oh, I'll tell man. you what, man, that, that is. Well, he, here's the great news for you. I have just found all of your pictures. Yes, I downloaded them. Let's go on a really quick intermission. When we come back, it's more stories. It's the pictures, and then it's people calling in. So don't go anywhere, and everybody. It's uh, it's me. It's Zoso Dude, and we will be right right back. They call him Samurai. He speaks fluent Japanese. Are you Fuji, Fujiyama? What does katana mean? It means Japanese sword. Had a friend, you looking for a message board? Go to quitefrankly.tv and enter the forum. Engage with official show topic threads or start your own thread. Get signed up, it's that easy. And it's not Reddit, so don't sweat it. For the forum and then so much more, it's quitefrankly.tv. Yeehaw. It's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank you. Quite frankly. 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 Quite frank
It's another hot show, really is. Oh yeah! Before we go into all the, the the important stuff, tell me, Zoso, tell me that this is not the most metal thing you have ever heard in your life. Here's the headline: I had two penises and used both for sex. Women were addicted. <laughs> this guy, what? he had he he a truck driver born with two penises is speaking about his unusual sex life saying several of his lovers enjoyed the fact that he had multiple members oh is that not the most metal thing you've ever heard two dicks yeah yeah he should have had one of the uh the the very first year the first album metallica put out the shirt said uh, there was a picture of a toilet with a metal up your ass metal up your ass <laughs> He should be wearing that shirt while he's. Uh... That's what they wanted. Uh, that's what they wanted the first album to be. I know. They said no, you can't do that. So they 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 used. Uh, they had to kill them all. Dude, somewhere I have that shirt from. It's like forty oh, years old. Oh well, you have an original. Uh, I've I, seen yeah. a lot of the reprints at the the concert oh, the other yeah, night. No, no. They've definitely been resurrected now. Mm. Um, okay, so I have a bunch of stuff, and we're already flowing in with our wonderful. Um, Feedback. Let's see. A little bit on to the super chat end of things. First one up is Stostubes. It's great Monday, Frank and Zoso. Wonderful to start the week off with Zoso in the house. In from Oregon. I mean, it's it's not like you 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 came over from Kentucky, you know? Yeah, it's I, actually Frank. I I the last couple of years I've gone. When I get back home again, I'm at about eight thousand eight thousand five hundred miles. I'm already almost almost to 7,000 miles on this trip by the I'm unfortunately I'm pulling the plug on this trip and I'm going home early uh, I had I had a real bad scare last week and uh, the last thing in the world I ever expected or wanted to happen I mean you know I'm 64 so not quite the Arnold Schwarzenegger I once was but uh, what happened are you talking technical are you talking about health wise health wise I uh, I awoke. I was in Pittsburgh last week. I met Adel. You know, I'm yeah. Nature Ninja. I'm having a great time. I woke the next morning with a chest heart pains, chest pains. I couldn't breathe. I, man, I, I Frank, I thought that was it. I thought it was going to cork right freaking there. So after about four hours, it went away, and I'm like, well, maybe maybe it was heartburn. Maybe it was maybe you know so freaking happened again the next morning and it was worse so literally while I was on the road I pulled into uh, I checked myself into a hospital and uh, they ran a bunch of tests and said you know you're basically pretty blood pressure 110 over 70 you got an athlete's heart beat it's 55 beats a minute there's there's did they give you an x-ray so they did everything except there's two things that could have really confidently told us if I had had some sort of heart problem one uh, and they didn't do either way an angiogram would tell me for sure right uh, uh, the other thing is I guess a sonogram can tell you I, I don't I'm, I'm not a doctor I don't know but uh, but as far they, as your lungs go so uh, bottom line is he said you need to go see a cardiologist and you need to do it yesterday so 
And dude, this, I mean, it really worked. I, it lasted like four days. Yesterday was the first day where I didn't have any symptoms at all. So that's a solid week of, I had everything but the pain in my arm. So my people, the incredible people who watch my show, and this, man, this is so touching, Frank. I can't, and people who watch your show, uh, they rallied up over on the foxhole. They had a fundraiser, and they they put together enough money to fly me home and ship my bike home. I, I fly home tomorrow morning, and my bike follows me a week later, my buddy. Wow. The, so I, uh, I, didn't, I didn't even know that this was, that this was happening. I, I've been, it's not one of those things you want to run around telling, you know, because, dude, I mean, to me, I, nothing stops me. Not rain, not heat. I, I just keep going. This would have been, like, Thirteen or 14,000 miles by the time I got back home because I was going over Pikes Peak. I mean, I have I was going to Florida. I was uh, it's it literally scared the crap out of me. So and, where uh, were you flying out of? JFK. Okay, so you're yeah. not, at least you're not leaving this so, area. Uh, no, I mean, it's it's but uh, it, that's the last thing in the world I wanted to do. Absolutely. So I just, I would just want to take a second to really thank all the incredible people who it just shows you shows you Frank people they are amazing they are amazing and God bless them thanks ever to everybody involved so. they're wonderful they really are and that's that's an incredible story and I man I didn't know that this was even going on <laughs> I did well I, I I'm a happy I'm happy you're getting home I happy yeah. you're getting home quick and that uh you know you, you just get checked out you know exactly what's going on you fix it up so the next next week uh, yeah. next year you're 65. Yeah. Then you can I, go the full 14,000 ex- miles. Exactly. I mean, I, I need to, uh, I just, I can just tell. There's just something, something just ain't quite right. And, okay. uh, until I know for sure. So, cardiologist from the minute I get back home and, and uh, we'll see what happens. Yes, you, you know? will. Yeah. Man, oh man. Well, I'm I'm, ha- I'm happy to hear that you, you're not just uh, trying to stick that. I thought you were going to say, and I'm going, I'm not making any more stops. I'm going straight through to Oregon. Oh, no, dude. I had planned. I've. I'm telling you, I'm I'm only seven thousand miles into this. I've met thirty people so far, and I was going to meet another thirty or forty on the way around the horn. It was uh, this was going to be my greatest adventure ever. And you know what? Damn it! I'm just going to do it next year. Maybe I'll meet up with you when you're taking the mini winnie around, and we'll we'll meet somewhere in the absolutely <laughs> you're, 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 in you're, Kansas City. <laughs> I, you have to do it. No, next year's the big greatest adventure because at 65, you're officially a senior citizen. <laughs> so I mean, you have. I mean, that's that that is huge. So you're just uh, yeah. you know, this is the uh, yeah. You know, the the only disappointment for me on this. I mean, obviously, I'm very disappointed that I haven't been able to complete this trip, but. One of the things that people really like about following me is I, I have a GoPro that goes on my head, and people see what I see. It's, they, it's, it's as if they're riding the motorcycle. So when I take them to you know Niagara Falls or Mount Rushmore, it's like they're right there with me. Um, because I'm <clears throat> starting over on YouTube, um, uh, boy, if... Even if you never watch me again, people, if you would just go to Brother Zoe on YouTube and just give me a quick sub to get my... I I have to have a thousand people over there so I can broadcast Stream. from my handlebars. So Hold on. I have it. I I had had you up right over here. Oh, you did? Where yeah. the hell was it? Uh, oh, wait, wait. That was from before. Where the hell are you? Here you go. Man. Uh, there he is, everybody. Yes. Brother Zoe. 
Yeah, if if even if they never ever watch me again, if they would just give me a sub, it would it would jack my numbers up, so I could broadcast from my freaking handlebar. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I, th- I think a thousand is. It used to be five hundred. You can stream now. It's a thousand. You need, you can for yeah, stream. They, anyway, well, you know, I'm I'm happy to hear uh, about. Uh, I'm happy to hear about the turnaround time and how wonderful people are. They always come in. It's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. Okay. God bless them. Well, let's uh, let's do a couple more over here. Um, so that's from Stostoop. Thank you so much. Dixie B says, "Please tell Zoso I'm for foregoing my chores outside just to see him." Safe travels, my friend. That's from Dixie B. Uh, number those oh, incompetent hands says last time Zoso dude was on, I listened at work, and when he brought up the Twilight Zone and informed Frank, I found the town. <laughs> I immediately jumped up and down, yelling over and over. He found Willoughby. Uh, let's just say I no longer work there. Uh, <laughs> and then I have uh, Bo Jiden is in the chat and he says Frank could you share a story of losing something or can you share a story of losing something and finding it years later hope you had a good weekend hands down best smelling chat uh you know i can't i i the most recent thing wasn't years of losing something but it was my wedding ring and i lost it for months and i found it in my the pants that i was go, i picked out for thanksgiving so it was like a thanks i had it i lost it between April and November, but um, I don't have anything for ye- year. I'd have to think about that, but that could be a great thread. I'll put that aside, Bo Jiden. Thank you so much for that. And Katie Sky says, Hi, Frank, Zoso, and Franklies. Everyone continue to have a badass night after this badass show. Yes. Yeah, I... It was good. I, I even joined... I even enjoyed riding home from the, uh, from the, the, the stadium the other night. It was just good all around um let me see over on rumble we have shake and bake says hello lord francis always love to see zoso in studio what would be your official definition of the beast of burden men one of my favorite sayings from you uh, i've been seeing you be seeing you lord francis beast of burden men uh, pe- uh guys who are just it seems like they're they're all, they're a lot in life is going to work producing being that beast of burden, plowing the field, coming home with the uh, with the bread, and still having no in, in no control over their domain at home, just just constantly, constantly at the beck and call of a uh, a steamroller wife, and just just a beast of burden, where where the uh, the wife in yoga pants had just 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 points and clicks all day long and there's there's no agency has no agency left so yeah i i try to give i try to you use phrases that are kind of self-explanatory i'm sure people understood what i'm trying to say but no worries i'll explain it um let's see here our cloaked unseen world says when i was 16 years old in 1991 grew up in san diego my sister four years older asks we got an extra concert ticket to Lollapalooza." Want to go? I had no clue how big that concert was going to be. Those were huge. Oh man! Yeah. Ninety-one. I'd have to go see what was who's on Lollapalooza ninety-one. What was the biggest festival you've ever been to, Zoe? Say it one more time. Sorry. The biggest festival you've ever been to. So I went to two of the biggest ever. Um, the Ust Festival in nineteen eighty-three was was a three-day event that was like Metal Day, 
Punk Day and uh, New Wave Day, which was, I mean, they had anybody from Judas Priest to the B-52s, Van Halen, I mean, you name them, that David Bowie, everybody and their dog was there. That was three days of sleeping face down in the dirt. That's how we did it back then. But probably the biggest as far as attendances, well, attendance was uh, March 18th, 1978, Cal Jam, I still have my ticket that I bought. 278,000 of us out at Ontario Motor Speedway in Southern California. It was amazing. It was amazing. Ted Nugent, Hart, Santana, uh, oh my God, Aerosmith, uh, Bob Wells. It was all day. It was just an incredible show. That sounds incredible. And now now I'm looking at this lineup over here. Lollapalooza 91. Now, I was six years old, so (laughs) I wasn't going to this. Uh, Listen to the tour lineup for this one. Uh, Jane's Addiction. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Susie and the Banshees. Susie and the Banshees. The Banshees. I've never seen this one. Uh, Living Color. Nine Inch Nails. Fishbone. Violent Femmes. Ice-T's Body Count. Butthole Surfers. And Rollins Band. That is a big show. That is a big show. Uh, Phil Anselmo came out without his uh, shoes and socks on, like Henry Rollins the other day. Uh, let's see. Notable show happenings. Jane's Addiction was the most popular band and last in the lineup by the time that they got uh, on. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait. And last in the lineup by the time that they got on, they were too drunk to perform. Everyone attending was highly disappointed and left in droves because they ruined what was a perfect day. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. Were you there for that, Zo? No, I was not there for that one. Uh, wait. You know, I have a hard time remembering. One thing, though. You you just brought up Henry Rollins? Yeah. That's the Black Flag guy, right? Yeah. Okay. So, one thing that I still have a vivid memory of was the, the late 70s bands that I saw. Like, I saw Wendy O. Williams and the Plasmatics. Uh, I saw, oh, my God, the... the the punk scene when it came on hard frank it was there was nothing like it i mean it was so vastly different than the new wave and the and the you know we as much as you love people like you know talking heads and and then all of a sudden and blondie and and you know b52s the hardcore punks true sons of liberty and the Dude, I remember. I mean, there's only two times I've ever really been scared at a concert. Once was in the mosh pit at Motorhead, and, and another one was uh, Fear. And I am telling you, man, the hardcore punks, that just elbows wherever you go. Oh, my God. Shoot. Yeah, you, you get the shit beat out of you well, going I, to a concert. I, listen, you you already brought up Slayer. I mean, they, they, that was that was those are the pits that I was most uh, fearful. Yeah, man. you know, where you just Crazy. looking out, you just you, you, where you just running through, you're running through. You try to protect the face a little bit more, and you just uh, so you know that when when you mentioned it, it, it made me think about that little piece of videotape I made for you. Do you think we have time to sh- play that little thing? I'm gonna try to get to that at the okay. end. Okay. I mean, if, if we can, great. If not, because there's uh, there's two New York based things that I shot and I put in it that are. Uh, Right, kind of talk goes right around what we're talking about. Well, I want to get more from the audience, oh, and, yeah, then, yeah, and yeah. we have to go through these pictures that you sent me. I mean, these oh, are yeah. these are incredible. Hell yeah! All right, here's another one. Captain Wiggles says, "I used to do stuff for a local radio station, and here's my biggest concert regret. It still haunts me to this day. And I, I competed in a 
So, blank, blank, babe of the day. This sounds extremely cringy, and rightfully so. Uh, it is. Anyway, it granted me the opportunity to interview my favorite singer, Corey Taylor, before Stone, uh, before a Stone Sour show. Well, my cousin was going to go with me, and the radio station would not allow her to be on stage with me. That was a no-go, as I was not going to let her be alone at the giant at this giant concert. Thus, I picked my family over the interview, but I wish I could have had both. Oh, well, that's all right. That's fine. I mean, hey, I think you did the right thing. I think you did the right thing there. Worst concert. This is from Compulsive Crotcheter. Says the the one that was canceled and that we had tickets for Van Halen early 1980s. Best can uh, best concert Nazareth. I remember the lead singer smiled at me during a song we'd been smoking earlier, and I'd overdone it and was feeling kind of wah. And he caught the look on my face and looked down at me, smiled. He passed away recently. Others I've been to are The Police, Cheap Trick, Crosby, Stills and Nash, uh, Willie Nelson, Robert Plant, uh, How I Wish I'd Lived in Seattle During the 90s. Yeah. One, of my, uh, one of the most memorable concerts of all for me. I saw the Jay Giles Band, I think 1978. Sammy Hagar opened for them. It was half of the Long Beach Arena and back, we rushed the stage and the, of course the the plaza police they start throwing people out and just as quickly as they threw them out of the front area more people poured in on the side and after a while they realized this is futile just let them stay and when they did i was elbows at the base of the singer's microphone so somebody throws a lit joint onto the stage and peter wolf picks this up and he well you can always tell when you're back in california <laughs> takes a nice big drag and hands it right to me it was freaking Boom. <laughs> yeah, they was... and they always took pictures of the show. They stood, all right, California, let's smile. Is there a picture of him passing the joint to you? No, no. Huh. Can you imagine how mess that would be? Like my default picture on <laughs> on every social media. Uh, I mean, that would be amazing. Uh, my best friend, who was right by my side, we were just talking about it the other night. Yeah. Oh, Here's man. a little bit from oh, cousin Sherry, my cousin Sherry. Here's a tough one. Uh, I just can't list one. The best, Duran Duran 1984, Hartford Civic Center. I went with my dad to see my favorite band, 13 years old. Nosebleed seatings, but I was so darn happy. Right before the encore, dad insisted we leave. <laughs> we leave to avoid traffic on the way out. I've never gone from so happy to unhinged so quickly. <laughs> it's my Uncle Nick trying to beat traffic. Um Metallica, 91, Phoenix Theater, uh, Petaluma, California. I've seen Metallica many times, but this one was special. As they were rehearsing for their Wherever We May Roam tour, I was in the right place at the right time and uh, scored some tickets to this 300-seat venue, a movie theater, I think. They even gave us all shirts to say, Rehearsing with Metallica on the back. So memorable, memorable because it was so intimate. The volume of the music wasn't overwhelming and sounded fantastic. I mean, 91, they were at the height of their power. Oh, man. Yeah, I, was... I love watching some. Uh, I mean, there's so... Hey, you know the other thing, Zoe? Back in, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, if you didn't have a box set that came out that was officially released by the band. Right. Like, for example, Metallica had the Binge and Purge set that came out, <laughs> and we, we picked that up. That was from Mexico City, and it was from Seattle, 1989. So that was a little bit on the, the Injustice for All album. And, and then... Garage, uh, you know, the 
what was the garage album they did? Garage where it was days. All covers. Yeah. That was that was for, that was right after Jason joined the band. That was to warm him up after Cliff died. That was I I, I love that. I, uh, I, I I've opened up with 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 like Bread Fan here a couple oh, of times. Oh, I love Bread Fan. Hold dude. on, a second. their version of Bread Fan kills budgies. I love it. Hold on a second. Let's see here. Here, let's see. Yes. Oh, oh, that horrible production of the of the drums. Yeah. You can tell you can tell they're coming up on that that Injustice for All production where the drums feel like it sounds like Lars is playing on puddles of water. It's so thin and there's no bass. But it's such a kick-ass song. Oh yeah, hold on. Let's just get to the. Uh, let's get to one of the verses. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. you lose it in the end. Who's a fool? Seagull, give it all away. Stay a bird, stay a man, stay a whatever, stay what you gotta be. Oh man. But yeah, uh, what I was getting to was if they weren't, if bands were not releasing their own home videos and concert footage, you weren't getting it. Now, there there are full concerts of things that never you never knew existed because people were bringing in VHS recorders for decades, oh, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been watching Metallica concerts that. Or anybody, uh, Pantera. You can pretty much dial in a date that you were also you were somewhere. It's it's like the world has caught up to the Grateful Dead because for years back in the seventies, Deadheads were trading. To, oh, dude, I got I got Petaluma from '68. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, it's 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 great. All this extra footage, uh, I I love it. I think it's fantastic. That's it. That's it. That's it. Okay. Well, uh, let's see here. Oh my gosh! Okay, a little bit more. So that was for my cousin, ninety-one. Guns and Roses, Aerosmith, Deep Purple, August nineteen eighty-eight, Giant Stadium. Wow, that would have been a hell of a show. I know, and I was only three. <laughs> you see, I like you know, I, I I'm getting, I'm at the point in my life where I'm just like, I'm glad I was born when I was born, because I don't necessarily want to be twenty-five years older. But at the other hand, on the other hand, I wish I could have been there. I, I, uh, on the flip side, Frank, I am damn glad I was born in 1959 because the groups that I saw and the stuff that I I lived in one of the best freaking parts of them. When America was America, all the crap that's going on right yeah. now, man, you're going to have to deal with it for another 25 years after I'm done. You know, um, I know. Not that, and I wish you the best of luck. And I know you. I know you. I know do you great. do. You'll be. You'll do great. Yeah, you'll but, do uh, fine. <laughs> you'll be. Uh, my cousin's worst was Slayer, Cow Palace, uh, Slayer, Cow Palace, San Francisco, 91. Reluctantly agreed to go to this general admission. Oh, general, Sherry, general admission for Slayer. Uh, my boyfriend had an extra ticket, mosh pits everywhere, so I sought refuge in the tippy top of the nosebleed section where the crazy people do drugs and have sex. Calmed down with a bit, and then some asshole grabbed the fire extinguisher and started spraying it everywhere. Started choking, slipped down to the steep steps, and made my way out the parking lot in a big hurry where I spent the rest of the concert. Damn, that sucks. 
Well, there you go. <laughs> Everybody else in between, they're like, this is the best thread we've ever done. Oh, I'm going to have to do this more. There's so much in here. Uh, dude, this is like a week-long topic, really. You could do this forever. Well, we can do a little bit more than 9 o'clock. I mean, you came a long way. We don't have to stop at 9 o'clock. We can go a little bit longer. I'll go as late as you want to go. Man. Well, here, we'll go back to this in just a second. Let's go through all of these um, photos. Let's go through these photos. Okay, that's All right, great. so here we go. First one up, this is... All right. Well, we're going to know a lot of them. Hold on. Let me put you down by me. Okay. There you go. Go ahead. Who are we looking at? Okay, so that is, of course, uh, I can tell you thousands of chicks who would love to have that photo right there. That is myself with Robert Plant. This is about yeah. 1986, maybe 87. That is behind the scenes at the filming of uh, his... They took his song, Tall Cool One, and made a Coca-Cola commercial out of it. And uh, when, I, when I showed him my tattoo, my Led Zeppelin tattoo, he's like, dude, I said... Robert, would you mind if I took a photo? And just as we went, he you could see, he leaned right in next to me. I'm like, what a cool fucking guy. Absolutely. <laughs> great dude. Oh, yeah, okay, so there you go. There you go. And it's great to see young Zoso do it. And look, there's Zoso on your arm, fresh. <laughs> yeah. There you go, a yes. fresh Zoso. And he's the dude of Zoso. Okay, here oh we go. Now, my mother is going to be pissed off at this one. She loves Tina Turner. It's Tina Turner sitting on my lap oh. in the bottom of Capitol Records. They had two uh, studios down there, and uh, the same studio where the Beatles recorded. So, yeah, Tina was absolutely a sweet. I met Tina a number of times over the year. The sweetest. I've been to her house. Very, very nice lady. Wow, and she just passed away, of I course. I know, it's heartbreaking. Legend. And here we have, okay, Alice Cooper. <laughs> so what, what's going on here? You got to, yeah. This is uh, just before his tour in 86. Uh, Alice was rehearsing right on Sunset Boulevard at KTLA Studios, which is Channel 5, just a local independent station back then. And uh, we did an interview with him during the day, and he, and Alice and I hit it off. He goes, hey, man, do you want to come back and uh, and hang out during rehearsal? And I go, sure. He goes, come on down. I'll put your name down. So I did, and what, I brought my camera. And uh, he goes, oh, pictures? Um, no smiling. You you got a snarl. There's no smiling with Alice Cooper. <laughs> so so that's, that's your best snarl? That's, that's my best snarl. That's why I look like an idiot. <laughs> oh, my God. Snarling with Cooper. Oh, great, dude. All right. What's the next one? Wowee. Okay. More so, heavy hitters. Oh, man. So, of course, that, that is Jimmy Page, of course, from Led Zeppelin on the left. And Paul Rogers, the lead singer from Bad Company, one of my all-time favorite singers on the right. They were, uh, of course, together in The Firm. And I got to the opportunity to meet the two of them at La Belage Hotel in uh, in Hollywood. Uh, both great guys. I was really, really worried about Jimmy, man. The guy, dude, he's like, he's like this. And as he's putting this cigarette out, he's, he's lighting his end. Those are some rough years for Jimmy. Back man. then? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, he's... I think the reason the firm dissolved is uh, that was Jimmy had a tough time with... Uh, Henry the Horse, shall right. I say? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, here's, here's here's some more. Oh, this is a beauty right here. Lemmy. This is uh, this is at a incredible nightclub in Hollywood called uh, the Cat House, and once a week, you, do you remember Headbangers Ball on MTV? Of Were course. You okay. 
So and we were very happy in high school when it came back. I, so the guy who the guy who was in, who put that on uh, once a week he hosted a a. Uh, a night out on the town, and every week it was different. One, he decorated it every week. It was totally there would be go-go dancers. This was one of the the coolest freaking clubs if you could get in. Okay, but I knew him, so I got in all the time. I walk in there. Here's Lita Ford from the Runaways, and Lemmy Kilmeister, of course, from from Motorhead. And uh, the great thing is, here it is. See the writing on the right hand side. 30 years later, Frank, she played in my little town of Grants Pass, and I got tickets, and I said, Lita, would you, I got to meet her, I go, would you mind, and she goes, oh my God, can you crop yourself out of this and send it to me? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Oh my gosh, can you crop yourself out? Oh my God, there's a great picture of her and Lemmy. Did she at least laugh? Oh yeah, she, she's, dude. That, that chick is so down. I knew her back in the 80s, man. I knew her when she was dating Chris Holmes of Wasp. You wow. know, I mean, dude, she was always a good-looking chick. So yeah, This is always. great. No, this is awesome. Uh, let's see here. Um, he, okay, well, there, there's uh, uh, Dave Mustaine. Dude, now this. So Mustaine I used to see fairly regular. I mean, just about every single time I would go backstage somewhere, there was Dave. And, and also Dave Ellison, okay, his bass player. Pretty darn cool dudes. I mean, I, I'm not passing each other. But uh, so this is backstage. This is Rip Magazine was like you know there was Cream, there was Kerrang. Rip Magazine was a, a really good magazine in its in its time. And uh, this was backstage at their annual Christmas party. And that's why he's wearing the artist shirt. Artists only artists got the white shirt. I guess I'm just a regular dude. You're just a Zoso dude. <laughs> That's it, Dave Mustaine. I, I you know, I, I, uh, I, I think he's. I mean, he's he's one of the best in, in uh, as far as musicianship goes. Never, never a favorite of mine as far as vocalists. And I heard he's he's been he's pretty difficult. But I never had to play with him. And I think politically, he's pretty on point. I really I, like the guy, man. I, I love I love when he when he when he speaks out. And I, uh, but I never listened to a lot of Megadeth. So, um, oh, really? I I loved Megadeth, dude. I mean, peace sells, but who's buying that? That turned me on. I'll never forget. I'm one night. I'm driving down Olympic Boulevard on my motorcycle, out in the middle of freaking nowhere, and I need to use the phone. There was no cell phones back then, so I, oh, there's a there's an old ship's uh, a ship's uh, restaurant. So I pull in the back of ships because there's a little payphone there. And who the hell is on the phone but Dave Mustaine? And I'm sitting there smoking a cig, waiting for him to hang up. And uh, he he sees me, recognizes me, flashed me the peace line. He goes, yeah, man, I just lost my rhythm guitar player. He goes, you know any good rhythm players? I wanted to... I, I wanted to die. I, I had just spent two years on my bed. I wanted to say, fuck yeah, man, me. <laughs> so why didn't you? You just didn't. I, dude, I had just spent two years working on my group, Dr. Slaughter. We were just playing the clubs, playing the whiskey. and the. Oh, yeah, but that's one of those things where oh, if, he, if he brings you on tour for a little while, if, even if you're just an interim, that, that can help you out. That, then, then all of a sudden you're opening up for them for another tour, you see? <laughs> that's why you just got to take the big one You know, whenever you get it. So, well. The, here's the truth. I, I think God intervened. And, uh, Frank, I, as a young man, I didn't know much about moderation. And uh, I, if not for, I, I OD'd. And uh, 
knock on wood, I found my way back. So had I had I got had things worked out, and I you know let's say I I, I applied, and he said, okay, you're you're my rhythm play. I would have because of I would have OD'd, man. The first time we went to yeah, the first time we went to Amsterdam, I I would have been like the guy in freaking just too much access. It would just been it would have been a kid in the, the wrong candy store. <laughs> All right, that well, was always my problem. Let's keep going. Uh, next one up. These are incredible. All righty. Okay, well, so of course. Uh, hello, sweetie. Yes. So. <laughs> She's looking at you so lovingly, too. I think, Go I, think, ahead. I think she wants a piece of me. That is, of course, uh, everybody knows her from the, her photos with Tommy Lee. That is Heather Locklear, of yes, course. indeed. And, uh, dude, look at me. I've got five days. Of, I must have. But, I, I bet so, I smell. wait. Why is she looking at you so lovingly? Because, I mean, I, dude, I no, had nobody. Met, she's admiring you. <laughs> what is this about? I had I had met her probably twenty five or thirty times. Every time I go backstage, you know, and freaking, uh, you know, Tommy Lee and the boys from freaking, you know, they're Vince Neil. They're all they're all hanging out. There she was. So no, no but nobody looks at me this way. Zoso. Oh, I know. Well, I mean, what, so what, what's so hard? I I can't blame her. What, what's to resist? Oh my gosh! It's a, hey, hey, listen, that's great, that's great. So, so you guys were had to have been on first name basis. Uh, she would, I mean, think I mean, she at would least call then, me Al, yeah, yeah, at least yeah. then, you know, twenty five, thirty times. It's great. That's oh, awesome. My lord, yeah, she was uh, freaking beautiful, dude. In her twenties, that chick was as good looking as a chick as ever came down the pike. Here's another one. Oh, we already did that one. Hello, Robert. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Oh boy. So this, this is a, a crazy picture. This is Ozzy Osbourne, literally, much like you, the day he became a father. His, really? Yes, the day he became a father. You see how like, elated he is? He had become a father that day. And, uh, well, I guess I have a track record of, of meeting guys who become fathers. You do? <laughs> you, so what year is this? Uh, uh, 80, 83? 83. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm just a, a, I'm just a... A pop. Yeah, the thing is, I had really, really long hair, and I cut my hair off to get my job in television. My mom said, "Albert, they'll never take you seriously with long hair." And, I, I was uh, gonna say, man, you look you, you look uh, like you're all. I I cut it all off, and I was just starting to grow it back again. And uh, that's because I walked in the door, and I met the guy who's still my best friend in this day, and he's got hair down to his ass. And I'm like, dude, you got long hair, and you work here? He goes. Yeah, they don't give a shit about your hair. Ah, oh, you dork, you cut yours? Oh, you're not going to get the job now. But that's incredible. Well, listen, you know what I what I think is really uh, great with some of these, at least some of these pictures? Everybody seems very warm. But you have captured some really authentic, glowing emotion out of people, like Heather Locklear, oh. even Ozzy over here. Obviously, it's a big day for him, but he's buzzing, and he's throwing an arm around you. I, I mean, that's pretty cool. That's, it uh, is. Hey, you know, I'm just I'm just a regular Joe, man. That's what I tell people. Yeah, that's it. There's a couple more. Uh, I like Frank. Here. Frank Zappa. Oh my God! That, so I met Zappa dozens and dozens of times. Uh, one of the most right on guy. Never did a drug in his freaking life. Stone sober. He, uh, yeah, he was. Uh, He's this, another this, one. He's another one I never never really listened to, but I I have searched. High and low for every time he's ever sat down for an interview. Oh, I yeah. love listening to him talk. Uh, really on on our side, on on the side of 
libertarians. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say crazy patriotic, but liberty being free. That man loved freedom. Do you have any crazy, you know, because this, you know, you talk about... um you talk about Zappa and a few other people that you've been a you've been photographed with. I mean, even Jimmy Page is is known for his dabbling deeply with the occult. Uh, Zappa he he is connected pretty decisively to the Laurel Canyon crowd and all that. You have any crazy Laurel Canyon stories? Uh, well, actually, I mean, I worked on the Laurel Canyon store. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I called into your show like three years ago telling you that uh, there was a bunch of crazy stuff going on in Laurel. I think I recommended the book to you. Uh, weird Scenes in the Inside the Canyon by Dave McGowan. Yeah. Great, great book if people want to read it. It is, it is amazing that all of the late 60s bands that supposedly were this organic, you know, the... Uh, how they're just am- amazingly all these people just happen to live in the same lo- the mamas and the papas and the birds and the, the I mean the, so all of them in some way or another are connected to the U.S. military either their fathers I mean uh, uh, Jim Morrison you know his dad was the commander at the at the, at the Gulf of Tonkin incident I mean it, it's just. You can't deny this stuff. And I know. Uh, McGowan, you know, digging deep, it, it cost him his life. So I'm, I'm really, I, I read, I've, I reread that every so often. My buddy, the Batman, and I are supposed to do a show on it, a real in-depth show. Uh, I've met a number of people in that area. I've been the, I've uh, worked on the house right next, right next door to the one Jim Morrison lived in when. When he and uh, Pam Porson lived there, he looked, opened up his upper windows and looked out, and he could see the little Laurel Canyon store, and that's what he wrote the song Love Street about. Uh, that's the store where the creatures meet. I wonder what they do in there, you know? So, mm. pretty, well, pretty well, well, I know over here, with, I, that's the other thing I learned about in that book there, too, is that Zappa is, is responsible for discovering some artists like uh, Alice, Cooper. Alice Cooper. Yes, he gave him. He gave Cooper a start. He, he did. He did. And and he said, Zappa said, I knew this guy was going to be something because when they walked in and they started playing, everybody turned around and walked out of the room. He goes, I knew he had something. Let's see. Sometimes people repellent is exactly what you need. You're just repelling the wrong the the wrong people. So, I mean, Alice Cooper in '68, '69, he and all of his band used to dress in these like silver space alien suits with the big round bubbles. I mean, it's, to hear Alice tell it, it, it'll make you wet your pants. Oh, yeah. well, too bad. Oh, I would love to get him. He's been Alice Cooper's been to the 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 Capitol Theater many times. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a, a pretty historic venue over there. Uh, an, another guy who is as regular and genuine. Uh, I mean, uh, seriously, there's one more. Uh, Gene Simmons, I think, is it? Oh, who is? Oh, okay. Who is this? Oh, well, that is that is Chrissy Hind, who also seems to be admiring me for some reason. I know uh, she's smelling your hair. <laughs> Jeez, what is, what is it? Do, do, do you drop like the the fer- you, you, like, the pheromones? The pheromones? My pheromones? Yeah, they're just. You have, you have a you have it bottled or something? I, I, <laughs> I think we're gonna have some Zocalone coming soon. Zocalone, that's amazing. <laughs> My God. Oh, de zo. Oh, here's another one. Um, uh, okay, well there yeah, you go again. It, just did Still it very very kind, very warm. She's and sweetie. There's Gene. There's Gene without without his makeup. So this is in. Uh, 
Quincy Jones's studio, and uh, he was, I can't remember what the interview was about, but I do know that this man, if you, if you saw him walking down the street and you said, hey, Gene, he would, he would stop, he would take a selfie with you, he would sign anything you wanted him to sign. This man fully understands that everything he has is because of the fans, and he would he gives back a hundred percent. Whereas, uh, uh, dude, I can tell you some stories about some other people who just they don't give a rat's. They're in it for the money. Not this man. He's a real genuine guy. I mean, uh, and I know that this is just probably the tip of the iceberg of what you have, but you can. Uh, you can well, so unfortunately, Frank, this is a great thing. When I got married and I left Oregon. I moved to left LA and moved Hollywood, moved to Oregon. Uh, my old lady told me that my personal belongings weren't weren't in the taste of the home, so most of my stuff went outside in the barn. And uh, unfortunately, my my big book of po- uh, dude, I had pictures of me and uh, oh my god, Aerosmith, this uh, Tyler back in the day when when both Tyler and I were young. I mean. I lost so many pictures that my house burned to the ground and I lost everything. So wow! But but that last little book that that somehow ended up in my barn, I I went through it. Oh my God! Here's these pictures, and I'm like, well, those are all like Polaroids, and you know those. Oh Just the thing that this might be that this was the tip of the iceberg of yeah. what you had. Oh it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is just incredible uh, visuals. Yeah, dude, ten years of hanging out with the movers and shakers. I was just I was, I was just a hangers-on, you know. Well, okay. An awfully good one. Let's take a uh, take another really very quick break. When we come back, we are going to uh, we're going to read a couple of more. I'm going to leave the, the the lines open finally for this last half hour. We'll we'll, go, we'll blow past nine for a little bit because it's very special when you're in and you've traveled a long way. I don't want to limit this, and we will read more from the thread and uh, and just hear what people out there have to say. Don't go anywhere. I guess it's just going to be the two of us. We seriously lucked out with good weather this weekend. Here, let me pack you a little Scooby snack. Damn, shit's purple. Super sticky. It's crazy to think we're just a small speck. Holy shit. There was a meteor that just cut through Perseus straight into Draco's tail. I thought it was going to hit Earth. <laughs> Who are we listening to? Delicate Steve. Delicate Steve? Yeah. I like it. Sire? Then I hear somebody say Scooby Snacks. <laughs> we got a live one. Quite frankly, listen live or download it and take it with you wherever you go while you're driving, walking, working, or <laughs> you dirty dog. For all things, go to quitefrankly.tv. If you like what you see, become a sponsor. Quite frankly, streams live weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern wherever you get your podcast. So for everything, it's quitefrankly.tv. I want you to take the Frankenstein shit, the deer shit, the green monster, the bling, and the bling bling, and I want you to roll it all into one joint. No one's ever been brave enough to try that. One man is. Roll it. I'll smoke it with you, bro. We'll go to the loony bin together. I don't give a fuck. 
I'm telling these son of a bitches that we respect the Japanese of this country who are honest businessmen. And yeah, this is the land of opportunity for legitimate business, not for death merchants who distribute drugs to our children through schools and on the streets. Now I'm telling these motherfuckers that if they continue killing our children to make their precious millions that they deposit in their secret Swiss bank accounts, counselor, before your lawsuit even gets off the court clerk's desk, I'll have their stinking bodies in garbage bags and ship them back to Japan for fertilizer. So here we are, hanging out, me and Zoso, he's come cross-country, he has braved everything, weather, he has braved uh, chest pain, he's braved, <laughs> and we are, we are just rolling through memories, they're so thick, the memories are all over the place, and I am just, uh, I'm very, very happy to have you here, Zo. Thank you, thank you kindly, dude, and I, I gotta say, I've been reading the chats tonight, I'm, I'm reading three of them, DLive, uh, of course, the Foxhole, and uh, YouTube, and, dude, yeah, your people are am amazing, and if they're throwing a, did you ever see the kinks? I saw the kinks twice, freaking love them, but I just want to take a second to recognize your, your production team, your guys behind the scenes, dude, your guys are, your crew is first rate, man, they, they like, like that last, that last series of breaks, I, I laughed my fucking <laughs> Well, I mean, though, I mean, I, the, everything on on screen and everything else and the, the network, I, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, w w what we do with just a little tiny, little tiny crew uh, is pretty responsive. Those 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 network breaks, um, like the, oh, the oh, yeah, Cody and Abe, they put those oh, yeah. together for the the forum and, and stuff. And the, but those the new guy Gorbachev, got, yeah, you know, all of them. Well, all of them. I mean, those. Uh, but those little breaks right there, I'll, I grab those myself. I'm always looking out for really? for clips from movies that I like. Great stuff. I, I've been archiving those for years, so <laughs> that's just me. Uh, you know, it, 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 it sometimes I feel like the monkey that, that plays all the, the band, you know, the one man band monkey. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it's it's in, we we do a lot with a little, and I'm, oh. I'm very very proud of it because you know it's uh really it's a good. dog eat dog world out there. <laughs> All right, here's the call. The call number the, the line is open nine one four two zero 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 two six nine. Um, we'll let you call in a little bit. I'm gonna get to the super chats again while everybody warms up their phones. Retrograde Pisco says worst show I went to was back in the '90s when Guns N' Roses co-headlined with Metallica at the old Mile High Stadium in Denver. Guns N' Roses were horrible. Axel was about 40 minutes late and was a total dick. The sound system was terrible. Metallica was great, though. Totally stole the show. It was the worst show for me because Guns N' Roses was my favorite band at the time, and I lost respect for them. You know, that's um, that's something I have heard from people, and, of course, uh, me, I'm never even seeing Guns N' Roses. It's something that I learned about their reputation years ago. 
Uh, I mean, even just as a Metallica fan, with the, the Montreal show, or or uh, where was it? Where when James got his arm burned on the yeah. on the '91 uh, tour, wow. where they had that big riot because they had to leave because James got third degree burns, his skin is melting off, and uh, Guns N' Roses could have stepped up and saved the show, and uh, and they said they just, you know, it's a, it's kind of kind of sad. So, yeah, boy. I, I guess where that's where our age difference is. Uh, it makes me stop for a second because I did. You know, I remember sitting in a in a bar in Hollywood while uh, Axel shot pool and a bunch of us are just hanging out. I'm like, I went up on his the first LP and I said, "Dude, I don't know. I don't know where the hell you came from, but God dang it, I wish I'd found you first, You know. <laughs> so uh, I used to see G and R, who the the guns what they were. Two of the guys were in LA, LA guns, guns yeah. and they, in the Hollywood Rose was Axel. So the thing that screwed them up is kind of like the same thing that screwed up Great White. Same manager. I want. I, I don't say. The, I don't dare to say the guy's name. But what they do is they take the lead singer, and they learned after Leonard Skinnerd that if you lose the lead singer, well, you can get the band a new singer, or if the singer's plane makes it, you can just get him a new band. So they start filling the singer's head full of PR and they separate him. Now all of a sudden Axel has his own dressing room whereas the rest of the band is in, and now it drives a rift between them. You're, the heads get blown out of proportion. That's what destroyed Guns N' Roses and it's very sad. Uh, Axel believed his own PR that he was the special man and now we're Axel's band. Uh, uh, I'm telling you. Uh, they're out there right now. I think they have most of the originals uh, on tour right now. But of course, he's he's you know there's there's so, the, so much you can do. The original guys, Adler and I mean the the five guys that did Appetite for Destruction, freaking those were the jamming days. Slash was one of my drinking buddies. Okay, so <laughs> I got a great a great Slash story. So um, Arsenio Hall took over the Joan Rivers show. Joan Rivers got in a contract dispute and they she walked off so Arsenio Hall filled in for the rest of her contract before he got his own late night show I don't even know if you know who this is but uh so a girl I know is working on that show on the Joan Rivers show she calls me she says guess who the band is tonight I was like no Guns and Roses you want some green room tickets and I'm coming. I call. Wow. I called my girlfriend because she was absolutely just nuts over Axel. So on the way there, I buy the Jack Daniels Bell of Lincoln. It's like it was like a hundred and fifty dollar Jack Daniels bottle with crystal. Which is bottles. which is uh, when you uh, when you account for inflation, it's like seven hundred dollars. Yeah. So, and I backstage, I give this to Slash, and I give him one of my Doctor Slaughter T-shirts. So. I, I know exact. I know for a fact this is how it must have worked. About a week later, my friend Nina Blackwood calls me. She was one of the old MTV VJs from, and she was working on AT. She goes, "Have you seen the latest issue of Guitar Guitar World?" And I said, "No." She goes, "You might want to get a copy." So I get a copy. I have the. I send the Teamsters out. And they bring me back a copy. Here is Slash wearing my shirt, all throughout the entire magazine. And I know what happened. He probably woke up just hungover and like, oh, my God. Well, I guess I need a shirt. Oh, yeah, there's that shirt that guy gave me. I'll what put that what on. What year? What year? Uh, 80, 88. So the 
The magazine is dated September of 1988, Guitar World. I have a copy of it at home. Yeah, he's on the front cover. You open up the and first. And what, what, what does it look like, the shirt? Uh, it's just a white shirt with, with my tattoo on it, uh, Dr. Slaughter. It looks just like, just kind of like that. A white, you, a you white would, shirt. A white shirt with Just Dr. a plain white shirt, yeah. He's, um, he's wearing it on the front cover. You could, he's got his jacket on, so you, you can only see a piece of it. When you opened up the first page, he's wearing it in its, in its totality. Oh, wait, that's, that's 1992. Yeah, so it's, it's he and Izzy. The whole article is he and Izzy. It, I know for yeah, it was definitely. I'll I'll, I'll send you pictures. Okay, yeah. that's cool, man. No, yeah. That, oh, let's take a call. Let's take a call from. Uh, let's see here, three one seven. You're on the air. Go ahead. Oh man, what's up, Frank? Hey, who's this? This is Nathan from uh, Sir Nasty Nate from No Gen Show producer. Uh- What's going on, Sir Nasty Nate? So you're you're on with me and Zoso. What do you got? Yeah, this is awesome. Uh, my favorite concert was uh, Tom Petty. Zoso said he didn't see him. Oh, uh, he's got one but, on you, Zo. Yeah. I'm sorry. I said you got one on Zo. He yeah, he, he 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 did he wanted to see yeah, that, but he never got it. My wife and I about dehydrated there. Uh, I was too cheap to pay for, well, it was probably like $7 bottle of water, <laughs> so we got ice instead and found a big-ass joint on the ground. Oh, yeah, there you go. Ice chips and marijuana. That's all you need. At a <laughs> and my, my uh, worst uh, concert, I hate to say it because he was one of my favorite artists, was Eminem. Really? What was Indian, bad about it? Indiana, Noblesville. He was out of breath and... He ended up, uh, that, uh, tour, he ended up canceling, like, halfway through. What year was this? Oh, man. Was it early I on? Know, I believe it, the reason was methadone. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, that yeah, that, that'll, that uh, if that's what you're dealing with, that'll definitely drag you down. Well, this is great. This is great hearing from you, sir. Thank you for the contribution tonight. Thank you. All right, man. Have a good, and all the best to your wife, too. Yeah, thank you, and those two. Thanks, bro. Love them. You know what? I wish that Oregon was like... I wish Oregon is where uh, Connecticut is. It's not like we would would lose much as far as... I mean, Oregon might as well be Connecticut. But I wish you were were right next door. We can do this a lot more. Let's take a call from uh, Hot Legs just got through. What's going on, Hot Legs? Hey, how's it going, you all? I uh, I have to say I'm sharing a lot of concert memories with Oso. Okay. Because <laughs> we're close to the same age. But first concert, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band at Lisner Auditorium. Best concert, Led Zeppelin, third row, Capitol Center. My sister was sleeping with somebody from NBC. So the producer got us tickets. Worst concert was Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson at the Meriwether Post Pavilion in the 80s. They were both so trashed they couldn't sing and they couldn't sit in their seat. Oh, they could. They, 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 you know that's bad when they can't sit. You know, it's they one were th- trashed. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Just a good old boy. <laughs> but, uh, but Little Feet and Led Zeppelin, my jam. That's terrific. Great thank, show. Well, thank you, for the, thank you for the contribution there. 
And, uh, and Take care. Zoso, yeah. Zoso when, when Hot Legs called in, she got through on Thursday night as well. I put that little out there. You Tell tell Zoso and everybody at home the just the nutshell version of the story, how you got your name. Oh, that's true. Um, I was on my way to my first Caribbean vacation with a girlfriend. We were going to Paradise Island, and we were at Reagan, which was at National Airport back then, standing in line for my uh, check-in, and Rod Stewart was in front of me. No kidding. And I had on very short shorts with uh, very (laughs) tall heels because, you know, we were slutty back then. And he turned around and he said, oh, my goodness, those legs, those are totally hot legs. He didn't use the word totally, but he said hot legs. Oh, <laughs> so that's man. It. I mean, listen, if, you, if, you, if Rod Stewart calls you hot legs, you have to take that nickname with you. She may be yeah. the one that he wrote the song after. Well, that- I was so flipped out. I was shrieking, and I'm not that kind of girly girl. But I was like, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Wait, was that before <laughs> or after the song came out? That was after the song. Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> we were Otherwise, saying, I wouldn't have really cared that much, but, you know. Oh, no, and, and, and now you real. would. Now you would, because you would know that you were the inspiration for it. Right, yeah. All right. And last story, let me tell you one quick one. Uh, my high school senior class trip in Myrtle Beach, the drifters were playing at a club across the street, and they ended up in my room. They uh, they bought us a bathtub full of beer and we partied all night. I've got some great pictures. <laughs> wow, yeah, those pictures. That uh, that uh, well, if you got them, uh, scan them and send them to us. That'd be great. I want to take a look. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of creepy when you think about it. It was a room full of high school girls. Yeah, well, you know, there's a, you know, there's a, and thank you for the call, hot legs. You thinking of that? Uh, we were talking about. I, I was listening to uh, Winger. I listen to the Hair Nation channel on Sirius sometimes, and of course, Winger comes on. She's only 17. You know, and you think about it, okay, well, when they came out, maybe they were in their early 20s. It's still a little creepy. But now, when they get together and they have to play that song uh, all these years later, I heard a live version of Winger singing uh, 17, uh, I don't know, within the last couple of years. And I thought it was funny that for one of the choruses they threw in she's only 35 <laughs> because of course to them 35 is like right. 17 it's, at this point even now that yeah that's a young chick to them yeah uh, we used to make so much fun of them yeah <laughs> Dude, i mean that was, that was the thing there was uh i i definitely gravitated towards i loved judas priest and armored saint and uh ba- bands of that caliber that, that's that was my bread and butter the 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 whole spandex and hair thing, uh, just I just I just didn't understand it. I I've never put a stick of, never touched eyeliner to my eyes in my freaking life. You know, I'm gonna die that way. Some you know everybody everybody's in retrospect looking back at society and culture and and trying to see because obviously we have drifted into the abyss. So people are <laughs> oh, no. people are going back and they're 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 you know very I understand why. How did we get this way? They're analyzing the slippery slope. They're ana- they're analyzing the slope seeing what was just a good time and what was programming. And I had a couple people in the last couple of months who got in touch with me and specifically said, you know, I look back at that poison, the poison record and stuff like that. It's like, it's one thing to have a guy, you know, David Lee Roth go out there with the big hair and spandex, but poison, they were women. 
I mean, that, 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 this is like, we're talking about full on, I, I, there's Twisted Sister, but it's more like a clown. Uh, yeah, you know, they were. D. Snyder was, that was like, that was like a clown. No, uh, but no, there were guys who, I knew guys who put on more, whip, took, they took longer to put their makeup on than their freaking girlfriends. It was ridiculous. It was freaking ridiculous. And, and we used to, we, you turn, you would bend over upside down and comb all your hair down, and then spray tons of hairspray. So when you stood up, your hair went like this. Oh my God! It was. A, what are you gonna do, man? Oh my God! Yeah, but if if they wanted to see how we digressed, uh, did you ever hear of a movie called uh, "The Decline of Western Civilization Part Two? No. So the decline of Western civilization. Part two, no. Okay, so part one was on the punk movie. And it had, brilliant director Penelope Spheris she also did the Little Rascals movie so she does mainstream movies too but she did these two movies The Decline of Western Civilization the first one was about the punk movement and the second one The Decline of Western Civilization Part 2 The Metal Years she did and uh, I approached her I, I called her out of the blue and said you don't know me I work over at Entertainment Tonight I want to work with you on this film, and my name is on the credits. Uh, she's great, dude. It was a, a great. It's a great little capsule of say, 1984, I think 1985 of of hard rocking bands. Lemmy's in it. Aerosmith is in it. Dave Mustaine and those guys are in it. Uh, it and a lot of those freaking hair and makeup boys are in it. I'm telling look, you. Look, look, look at look at the. Uh what the cat dragged in <laughs> look, look look at this i mean seriously no i know i mean this is just it's four posers four. <laughs> posers that's what we called them posers just freaking no candy ass sons of bitches no man I, I just uh, I, hate, I hated that crap yeah no we had a they're just just too much yeah let's see here let's take another call <laughs> um 516 you're on the air 516 yo Who's Bruce, this? Batman, Bruce Wayne. What's going on, Bruce? How you doing, brother? Doing well. So my very first, my very first concert, which was by far the most exciting thing for us, was Kiss in 1977. It was my dad's surprise birthday party, and my mom made him drive me and my cousins to the Nassau Coliseum to see Kiss, so that they could get them out of the house while we set up for the party. We had a blast. And I followed KISS for years, but the best concert was Electric Light Orchestra in 84. Phenomenal, by far. One of the best. Wow. I've heard some, uh, you know, I got to, no, 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 it's not my story, so I can't tell it. But that's uh, that's awesome. ELO. ELO was, I think, over here not too long ago. I mean, maybe within the last 10 years. Yeah, he's, Jeff Lynn is yeah, uh, I, still, still touring ahead. with the name. Yeah, I, we saw, I saw both shows when they came out here. Four years ago, and then I saw them two years ago. It took a year off in between, and they were phenomenal then too. Uh, uh, Bruce Wayne, do you, do you have any concert regrets? Biggest regrets? It's something you could have seen that you didn't. Yes, I do, um, and it's not a big name by any means, stretch of the imagination. But Warren Zevon is one of my all-time favorites back in the day when I was in college, mm. and I wound up going to. To Brockport State University, and he was playing. In, he was playing in Buffalo one night, and we had a major snowstorm. And I had a Ford Bronco, and I was getting ready to jump into it. And last minute, I decided not to. And it was one of the biggest regrets I had because I never got a chance to see him play live. 
and I am going to see Jackson Brown, and I'm trying to talk to his uh, marketing people to see if I can get in and talk with him about Frank uh, about Warren Zevon. Wow. But uh, that was one of my biggest regrets, not going to that show. Well, hey, you know what? Sound, I, I loved. Uh, I love the other stories, and it's all right. Uh, we all have those regrets, no doubt about it. You can't. You can't win them all. But thank you for the call, Bruce. It's great to hear from you. Same. Take care, Frank. God bless. Take care. Here, listen to this one, Zoso. This is from Mandy Ray. She said, "Hi, Frank. My best concert still to this day was my very first concert. It was 1988." I was 11 when my dad took me to see the King of Pop himself, Michael Jackson, on the Bad Tour. Wow. Can you imagine uh, seeing the Bad Tour? Uh, that would be something to see. He was so amazing and put on one hell of a show, I'll never forget how cool it was when he would disappear through the trap door on one end of the stage and <laughs> pop out the other side. That blew my 11-year-old mind. I've been, on, uh, been to many concerts since as an adult, but none will ever compare to that magical night. I guess it's something about being a kid and everything seeming larger than life back then. Hey, that, that's larger than life even if you're 40 uh, back then. That's just... You don't make. There's no stars like that anymore. No, no, and you know it's kind of funny, Frank. I, I, I had access to all that stuff, like, like the country stars that they were just talking about a minute ago, Willie and and Waylon. Uh, had I wanted to, I could have gone to the same music segment producer and said, "Hey, man, I need Willie Ticket and Willie Nelson." I should, I should have gone to everything. I should have experienced. I should have gone and seen Mac Michael. I could have. I remember that in L.A. His concert in a. I, I think. I think he did like six nights, as many as Zeppelin did. It was, it was crazy. And uh, didn't somebody else call in and say they saw Bruce Springsteen? Um, I have to tell you this. I never really was that turned on by Bruce Springsteen, but a friend of mine asked me to go, so I went and I saw him in, at the Coliseum. He did a five-hour show. I walked away saying, "God dang it, that guy's a performer." I mean, they—they they were he and the Eastie band were—they were kicking ass. It was the Born in the USA tour. Oh. Fantastic. Well, it, it definitely had a lot of a lot of energy in the. Uh a lot of energy back then. Yeah. I was just at Giant Stadium on, on Friday, and I saw some of their coming attractions around the stadium. He's going to be there in August. Wow. I mean, and I don't know. What is he, in his 70s? I got it. I mean, be 75. But again, like you said, there's, there's other reasons why I don't want to listen to some people anymore. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not yeah. so much about, I was on the fence about the music, and then they started talking. Exactly. You know, raising money for Clintons and making, uh, making fun of everything. Dude, I, at the... I play guitar because of three people, one of which is Neil Young, and I, I can barely even listen to his music anymore. And I loved it. But it, the minute he opens his mouth, I'm just like... It's just unreal. Uh, uh, Miss May Dawn says, Zoso, take cayenne pepper to keep your heart healthy, and it works to stop heart attack while it's happening. Well, uh, buy a tincture at any health food store three times a day with lemon water until you feel better. Cayenne pepper. I will do it. Thank uh, you kindly. Cayenne pepper. Actually, I have some thing, something else I have to show you, too. I'm going to send you a link to just some um, some uh, exercises. I'm just, just tapping exercises. Awesome. Um, I, I got I to gotta show you some stuff that, that cleans out lymphatic arteries. Just, Damn. Just, just tap, especially tapping under, under the, the, the pits and things. I, I got to show you. Please, will, please do. I will take them with me. That's... <laughs> Yeah. That's it. All yeah. right. Um, let's see here. Run Anon Empty says, first concert, three dog night. Oh, wait, we did this. Oh, wait, we did. No, 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 we didn't. 
First concert, Three Dog Night, Taj Mahal was supposed to play, but he had hepatitis in Spain, so Bo Diddley played. Best showmen were Alice Cooper, uh, Jethro Tull, ZZ Top. I always enjoyed Elvin Bishop. Elvin Bishop. They split that apart. And my worst experience was Elvis Presley. Wow. Wow. That'd be, that'd be disappointing. I would think that the, the king would be... Uh, my, my ex-wife saw Elvis Presley and, uh, in Vegas and said he was just fantastic. So I mean, you can't be on every night, but he also had a lot of problems toward yeah, the end. I, you know, you know what was the single greatest concert I ever saw in my life, and I've dude, I've seen a million of this them. Is the, again, it's the question I've been asking all night. What the hell are you holding out on us for? It's nine sixteen. Oh, what if we oh, ended oh, at sure. nine? We would have missed it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Elton John did uh, in, back in the two thousands. He did a residency, at, I think Caesar's Palace. With the original band that he did Goodbye Yellow Brick Road album with. And, I mean, picture. These guys have been playing together for 40 years. And they did every last song I ever... It was called the... The, the tour was called... The, or the residency was called The Red Piano. I got to see him on his final night there. I, flew, I was working in Hawaii. I flew back to see it. And a friend of mine got me tickets single greatest show I ever saw. Those guys were, they didn't even have to look at each other. The love lies bleeding. Oh my God, it was fantastic. Saturday night's all right for fighting. He kicked the sh... That old poofter really gave it both barrels. <laughs> Man. Yeah. I, you know, I I um I love the surprise. I love the stories about the shows that surprise the hell out of you. Um, I, I really do. I... And, and that right there, if you were just, if, if I had three guesses to see, you know, who was your favorite show of all time or the most impressive display ever, I would have never had Elton John in top three. I, I, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he, they delivered, man. They, I mean, they kicked it out like they kicked out the jam. I mean, I get, I get that from a lot of, at least in college. I remember in co- when I was in college, Billy Joel did, I think, four, I don't know, seven nights in a row at MSG. And I wow. had a lot of friends who grew up listening to Billy Joel because their parents listened. And I, I, I know I know quite a bit of Billy Joel myself. But I kept hearing about that, that those shows, especially at Madison Square Garden, um, those homecoming shows are just yeah. un- unbeatable. I, I never been to them, but that, still, that, a, a lot of bands uh, end their end their tours in their hometown. Those are the shows to see, man. Those are the ones to go to. Uh, Untitled82 says, this is the guitar cover for Practicing Magazine. Oh, wait, hold on. Hold on. I think we got... Wait. Uh, Oh, really? Wait, Guitar... Guitar World. That's September of 88. Wait a second. Hold on. Let me get you up on screen. Is that it? That's it. That is it. But where's... But I can see see the white shirt under the jacket. Okay, if you were able... If only you were able to open that... Open that first page. Just flip that gatefold open. Then on the next page, he is wearing my shirt on... With nothing. Oh man, that's it though. That is it. Well, we gotta see this. I gotta open. <laughs> I have to flip this open. <laughs> Good home. Whoever did that homework, my hat is off to you. Oh man, I would. I would love to see the inside yeah, of man. that. Uh, I'll, that jacket I'll now. send you pictures when I get home. Thank you, Untitled Eighty Two, for that the homework that you just did. That Good is, digging. That is awesome. That's, that that's fantastic. Awesome. All right. Uh, let me get to Foxhole. I want to make sure we get everything here. Thank you, Doug Simmy. Ginger 45, Secret Weapon. Thanks, Frank. Thank you, Secret Weapon. Ginger 45 again. Jesse 81138. Robert Sarn, Sean Joe, Doug Simi, Secrets. 
Now, Secrets has come along and dropped three EMPs on us. And Whoa! He, the, this, the, I, I keep asking Secrets to please get in, in touch with me because I, I want to... I want to thank him properly, I, and and uh, I can I can hook you. Up. I have his contact info. Please, please, yeah, and we'll do it. Because he's uh, he's been so generous to the he's show, a and great I just, dude. You know, I I don't know, do something. Um, uh, Porpoiseful, C Blanche, C Blanche is what an awesome duo. Godspeed, quite frankly, and Captain Zoso. <laughs> Filler Dog says America is beautiful and diverse country. Yes. C. Blanche again. Uh, we li- we love you, brother Zoso. River Pike, great show tonight. Texas for Trump, it's a great show, you guys. And Cynthia says, I kissed BB King twice. There you go. Oh, well, he wasn't sitting still for that. Hopefully, um, man. So I, you, you got know, a lot of friends on on Foxhole. Uh, there are some beautiful, beautiful people really? on, on on all of the platforms, and I, I really appreciate their support. It means it means the world. Um, uh, Frank, I know we're we're just about out of here. I hope you will. I seriously, I hope you will consider what I told you about jumping in a mini Winnie and going around the country and meeting your people because I think you'll have your mind blown how many people will will show up and see you. I I got to take one second to just thank the woman behind me, which is Mrs. Zoe, because I can tell you, Frank, a lot of a lot of guys if they went home to their old lady and said, "Guess what, honey." I'm going to get on my Harley, and uh, I'm going to go around the country, and I'm going to stay over the night with a bunch of people. And, yeah, sometimes it might be girls, and you know, but you know, you, don't, you don't have anything to worry about. Most women would look and say, who the hell do you think you... My old lady says, do it. So, Mrs. Zoe, I know you're out there. I freaking love you, lady. Thanks for backing me up. Don't think I was I was going to let you walk out of here without asking how she was because we we, we we talked about her a great deal the last time. Uh, she's a kind of a nervous wreck right now until I get home. Of, so. of course, I have to imagine this, especially you know what's going on in, in Pittsburgh and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, but you're feeling good right now, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, right right the, as we sit, I, I'm on top of the world. You know. Okay, that's all that matters. Yeah, you get it, home. You're, you're flying home. What time's your flight tomorrow? I'd leave it freaking. I got to be there at four thirty. I fly oh, at six forty-five. I'm, I'm sorry, I kept you here later. Oh, dude, than, I'm, I'm a night owl anyway. If I had to get up at four, I would already want to be sleeping right now. So let me. <laughs> dude, I'm disappointed because you know the the Led Zeppelin album, Physical Graffiti. Yes. Okay, so earlier today, I I have a copy of that album with me. It's in my motorcycle, and I drove down here to St. Mark's Place and First Avenue where where that building is and I, I shot a little, little video and sent it to you so one, one day down the road play that video I played I've sent you because oh, it's there the, it's, four, the four the four minute video uh, yeah yeah it's 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 in there don't worry about it tonight man we get wait wait a second because you know what I'm going to do here um, uh, it's actually right at the very very beginning of it yeah. wait, wait 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 you sent this to me um, oh wait you sent it to me an email yeah, and Proton Mail. That one did go through on Proton. I, I would like to get this over to, because this is what we have going on on QuiteFrankly.tv after the show. In the spirit of tonight's theme, QuiteFrankly.tv presents Music Memories Monday, a night full of live music and legendary performances of the past. Come rock and chat with the Franklies on QuiteFrankly.tv, powered by Foxhole. P.S. Let Zoso do the credits, Super Chats names out tonight. Well, I mean, he it, there's no way for him to be able to read it from all the way over there. But I'll let him give a very special good night to America and the rest of the world. Um, we can do that, but that that that's what Abe has set up for us tonight, a Music Memories Monday because of what we have going on over here. Um, 
Let's see here. Oh, uh, Lauren just got in touch with me. My Lauren. And she said, most memorable show for me was Summer Jam, 1995. I was nine. I saw Biggie Smalls, Naughty by Nature, Method Man, Shabba Ranks. We should not have been there. <laughs> that's a big show that's she a, was and she was so young i know my my uh ex-wife took my daughters to their first i think my daughter my oldest was 11 and my youngest was six they saw the spice girls <laughs> i know that's the spice i have never i had i had a couple friends who were big spice girls fans really i wasn't uh, i just it didn't didn't hit for me. I liked I liked posh spice, but well, I mean, we now if you want to talk about slippery slopes. Now we can all say definitively how bad girl power was for the world. <laughs> yes, so hands down. So it should have stopped. As, <laughs> that's that's that we should have put a wet blanket on the Spice Girls right there because look at what the how this has spun out of control. Um, anyway, uh, Zoso, this was fantastic. I can't wait. Uh, can't can't wait to have you back. And can't wait to hear that you are home, feeling good, and that your doctor gives you a, a the, the a clean bill of health. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I again, thank you to the wonderful people who made my uh, my trip home uh, possible. I am going to be fine, people. Don't worry. Your brother Zoe has many more motorcycle adventures ahead of him. Damn it, I didn't get down into the south, but I did a pretty good job in the west, and the north, and the middle, and the central, and up into Maine. So thanks everybody who came and met me because there were many, many wonderful people. God bless you all. Well, I also put something in there in the, all the chat rooms. I said, read through these amazing entries. Oh, I spent ent- I spelled entries wrong. I said entires. Um, uh, read through the entries on the the thread. Because obviously there's about three and a half more pages worth of stuff. We couldn't get through it all. But there's such amazing stuff there. Add your stuff. Talk with other people. Get on that forum. Be part of it all. And get to quitefrankly.tv for the after show, which is all going to be related to tonight. I'm so happy we got to extend this. And um, I really appreciate your time, Frank. Thanks uh, for having me back. And, well, and, dude, your people doubled doubled my YouTube. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm, I'm sitting at 500. That's fantastic. So what were you before we show, with the show started? I think I was at 220 something, you know. So, wow. So uh, the, your people really came through more for me. Love you guys. You know, it's a, a lot of people who probably were subscribing to you before too and then you got uh, Yeah, and when I got kicked off and yeah. So, so now you have less than 500 to go before you can start streaming exactly. again. Exactly. And then I can stream from my bars again, but uh, I sure appreciate the opportunity and thanks Thank let, you so much. For let me just me. say, I, 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 there's a very cozy feel to Mystery Ship, but obviously, if you get your streaming back on YouTube, you, you, you can't go so music heavy as you were before. Exactly. But this is your bread and butter, man. Oh yeah. You, you. I mean, I, I love listening to you talk. It's incredible. It, it, there's no depth. There's, there's no bottom to your stories and to your experiences. Just, it's so uh, fun. you know, just take, take calls from people and just. Yeah. In the middle of the night and just talk. Yeah, that's uh, I would. I always dreamed that there used to be a show on TV called Midnight Caller or something like. I always wanted it to be like the the twelve o'clock to four a.m. guy and doing an overnight show and and just really pour it on. And I am not Captain Liberty. Okay. Uh, everybody thinks you. <laughs> I said they're not Captain Liberty. I said, but you do, hey, let me ask you this: Have you always been a bass? Because I'm yeah. I'm I'm, yeah. A, I'm in that bar- baritone range um anthony's a tenor i'm a baritone now i i sang bass in the choir at at church and uh and the thing is i've done 
I've worked in broadcasting for years. I, uh, I, you know, studied broadcasting. You can have a regular voice and talk like this. And then if you want to, you can really turn it on. So it's well, just, Okay, you know. here, here, do this for me. Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to play Nettie from Typo Negative. <laughs> and I want you to, because uh, I used to think that this was Peter Steele just fucking with people. But then I realized, no, 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 no. This is a, a true base. Oh, yeah. Uh, listen here. Hold on. Just. Ready? See, if I try going down there, I start bottoming out. Oh, but I you'd can, be able to. I I used to hit lower C for my for my uh my. I can't. My I can't get down there. And he would. He loved it. Oh, it's just that the, the floor gives out on me. I can't. <laughs> I can't go down that low. But that's um, shit, man. This is a great night. I uh, dude, I had an absolute gas. I can't tell you how much fun it is to come here. I very much appreciate this opportunity, man. Okay, well, uh, ladies and gents. Have a wonderful one, and it's only just begun. Um, well, it's not just begun, but it's not over. Go to quitefrankly.tv and let us please enjoy uh, some more memories, get into the chat room, and keep up with uh, with Zoso Dude as he travels home, and he gets settled in at home, and he resumes normal function at his mm. broadcasting base over there. Indeed. So don't lose track of him, and uh, thanks again, Zo, for everything. Thank you for having me. All Have right, a great ladies. night, everybody. Have a great night. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience, and now our super chatters. S starting with Retrograde Pisco, Jack Bamberger, Run on, Running on Empty. Oh, running on. I, I see what you did with that now. Katie Sky, Stostube, Dixie B, Incompetent Hands, Bo Jiden, and to all of our wonderful friends over there on the Rumble. That is Untitled 82. Uh, Miss Day Dawn. Try to get more over here. Our Cloaked Unseen World. And Shake and Bake. Thank you to all of my wonderful friends on Foxhole. We will talk to you afterwards get over to quite frankly.tv right now and make yourself at home good night